Are you pleased with the end result of Batman Returns? A hard question to well, ask. Well, you know, I, I always think that movies, uh, the things that I've done is kind of like uh, my weird children in a way. I mean, they, I love them, yeah. They may have little flaws here and there, but I, yeah, I'm, very, I'm happy. I do like this very much. Yeah. Having seen it, it's even more than the first one. It's gothic, isn't it? It's yeah, like, well, kind of like a horror movie. Well, this is what attracted me to the world of Batman. I think uh, it was, uh, I wasn't a big comic book fan, but this world uh, with these weird characters at night in the city, it had a very interiorized, almost like you're in somebody's mind in a way, and I enjoyed that about this material. Now, would you be happy for, for children of, of any age to see Batman Returns? I, I do believe that uh, they have their own barometers, you know, and if they are freaked out about something, then they'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> What's up everybody? Revivalhouse.net here with a special commentary. I say that all the time because they're all special. Uh, it's the season. It's Christmas time officially with Thanksgiving as of this recording being a couple days away and we're going to do one of my favorite Christmas movies that a lot of people don't really acknowledge as a Christmas movie. I just think it's because it's largely forgotten, but it's also the greatest Batman movie ever. Obviously, that's a subjective opinion, but we're doing Batman Returns, and we've got Zach here, of course. What's up? My bodacious psychic, and then we got a special guest uh, in the form of Josh James from the R-rated horror commentary. What's up? Hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? I'm oh, excited, fantastic. baby. We haven't talked to Josh for a while. I talked to him sooner than you did, not even that long ago. Yeah, because you guys did Friday 3 without me. Mm-hmm. I was too busy uh, getting uh, crazy Being in a little Las bitch. Vegas. Yeah, I know. But you know what? I got to say, you guys have been super patient with me tonight. I've been keeping you guys waiting. I don't want to keep you guys waiting any longer. Let's go ahead and get started, and let's just dig into this. We're going to do a three count as normal. Are you guys ready? Oh, you should tell them that we we paused it right whenever the logo fades in, right after it gets done. Fuck it. They should know. They should know this shit, Zach. Okay, let's go. No, I'm just kidding. So we're (laughs) with our copy of it. I don't know where it came from, if it's a rip from the DVD or what it is, but we're at five seconds in. Basically, it's when... The Warner Brothers logo has completely faded in, and it's completely solid. So get to that point. For us, it's about five seconds, and that's where we're going to go from. Are you happy, Zach? Mm -hmm. Are we happy now? All right. Three, two, one, play. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this movie. It's that Warner Brothers. I know those motherfuckers. They owe me some money. You guys are going to have to forgive me. Uh, I'm totally not comfortable right now because, I, like I said, it's obviously Thanksgiving time. I'm in my hometown for the holidays, and I'm in, like, my kid brother's bedroom. I, I had to make do with, like, a makeshift podcast set up. There's fucking Pee Wee Herman, y'all. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, like, very uncomfortable. I've got my mic and stuff elevated with a stack of PlayStation 3 games. Um, I, my my laptop's on a crazy end table. My shin is jamming into some his, like, TV stand. It, I'm very uncomfortable. But it's what I do. Nice. I'm as close as my mic as I can get. I love this opening scene, man. It's it's crazy. And it's so dark. And I love that uh, Tim Burton is loyal to Paul Rubens, you know? This movie came out past his uh, accusations of him fondling himself in a movie theater, exposing himself. This was... Wasn't this before that happened? Or No, this is 92, brother. He lost his show in 91, I do believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is after. 
this came out in 92. It might have been made around. I still think it was after. All right. Um, don't try to challenge me. I'm just kidding. I do think it was after, though. I think I I, I don't have the stuff in front of me, but I, I believe I looked this up at one point. But who knows? Regardless, Paul Rubens is incredible. I think they were originally going to have uh, Burgess Meredith do uh, be Cobblepot's father. I think I do. I think I read that. But he was like he was like sick or something. He couldn't do it. Fuck yeah, he was old as shit. Burgess Meredith is awesome though. He is great, man. He would have been it would have been a nice tribute to the original Penguin, you know, from the '60s TV show, which I used to fucking love, by the way. Yeah, it was cool. I'm so glad I got to meet. Um, I got to meet Adam uh, West, Batman. Yeah, himself before he passed away. Did you meet Burt Ward with him? No, he wasn't around. It was just. Adam by himself. I saw him at I saw him at a convention with him and Burt Ward together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't meet him though. It's a fucking dark opening, man. This is that's why even I, for a Batman movie, man, they just fucking dump their kid because he's defi- disfigured. They like keep him in a cage. That's awesome. It's a little rubber ducky. <laughs> I don't know why people hate on this movie. Is it because it is so so many liberties were taken? It's it's basically. A Tim Burton movie. It's a Batman movie put through the Tim Burton filter. I don't know why everybody hates it so much. Who cares if it's not uh, accurate to a comic book description? As if comic book story arcs don't take liberties from the original source, right? Yeah. Well, yes, I do. With a little bit of perspective, because I hadn't seen this movie and probably... First of all, let me say, I fucking loved this movie when it came out, because I was a huge fan of the 89 Batman. I mean, like, huge. Uh, and then when this came out, of course, I was I was probably like 15 or something, and I went and saw it. And I liked it a lot, and I had the soundtrack, and I think I actually read the the book adaptation for it. Yeah. And I really liked it, but I hadn't seen this movie in probably like over a decade, like maybe even like 15 years or something. And I watched it, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, it's definitely – it's kind of a dated movie, but it's definitely – I think it's a good Burton-esque film, like you said. I mean, it's it's fun. But it's just hard when you're comparing it to something like, say, the Nolan series or whatever, you know, to... You have to look at it more as a Tim Burton movie than a Batman movie. There really isn't a whole lot of Batman in this movie, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. No, except... Well, he straight up kills people sometimes. Like, <laughs> kills the kills the strong man, for God's sakes, and he, la- he smiles, doesn't it, doing it. Like, yeah, there's some... A little bit of malice in there. But it, it arguably has the most Batman mov- moment out of any film, though. And we'll get to that. It's towards the end of the movie yeah. where he takes his hand to fucking Shrek's face and throws him down and says, shut up, you're going to jail. Dude, that's so fucking Batman. It's unreal. Does he fuck his mouth? No. But that's another thing, too, man. This cast is insane. And nobody remembers Christopher Walken. But Christopher Walken is probably the best villain out of all of them, arguably. He he, he, he holds up. He goes toe-to-toe with the other two people. Um, he's incredible. It just seems like to me that... Um you know, that Tim Burton likes to focus on the villains more than he likes actually doing Batman stuff. In this movie. I'll give you that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more focus. Because in the first movie, that's where they kind of deal with the Batman thing. And this, But I kind of like that. In this one, we don't focus on Batman at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's already established. I, this is the only movie that they've ever done a Batman where they do not address his dead parents. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's a breath of fresh air. The only time... They cl- well, they kind of already did that, though. Yeah, yeah, I know, but every movie after that, Batman Forever did, Batman Robin did, they all do it. 
Yeah, yeah. They don't even reference it. They don't even like show a picture on his mantle. No, and it's no. cool. Who needs it? Who needs it? Because at this point in time, Burton thought he was going to do a trilogy, and he felt like, okay, I established it in the first one. Why keep going? And I love that because Batman would not think about that every fucking day of his life, right? Yeah. So the only yeah. time they closely, kind of, somewhat reference it is uh, mm-hmm. when he's watching the Penguin as Oswald Cobblepot on the news as he was uncovered mentioned his parents, and all he says is. His parents, and he kind of sighs, I hope he finds them. You know, that's it. That's good. And but we're already getting that through the Penguin. And we kind of have an unspoken relationship between Michael Keaton's character and the Penguin. He doesn't need to talk about his own loss. We can tell that he's relating to Oswald Cobblepot, right? A little bit. So, I mean, it. I think it's done well. I love the aesthetic of this movie. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, it's it's really set-heavy. You know, like, it's pretty kind of... It's a claustrophobic movie, you know what I mean? I mean, if you want to analyze it from a visual standpoint, but uh, but I do like the visuals. It's, it's a cool Christmas movie, you know? In the first one, it's so close, it's scary. I mean, I love the first one just as much in many ways. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, the first one, obviously, Burton was compromised. It, it was right, a movie right. that was this very... This is more com- his vision. Yeah, well... I think he's, I think he's saying... He would only come back to do this one if the sequel, if he uh, had control of the script and stuff. Correct. So he really so molded it, you know? The first one, he was still a new director. He did Pee Wee, you know, and all, he's relatively new. Uh, and so it was commercialized, right? They had Prince do the soundtrack. We need that Prince attachment to make it more commercial. Uh, everything. It, it had so many Coca-Cola ads. I don't remember if they used to run all those Diet Coke commercials yeah. with Batman grabbing the Diet Coke from Alfred. And all kinds of stuff. It was super commercialized. And then, yeah, for him to come back, they let him have full reign, let let him just run with his vision, and he certainly did. Gotham City doesn't even look like the same fucking Gotham in the first one. Like, because obviously the right. first one looked like 1920s noir fucking shit, which is cool, too. But this one is... I don't know. That's And this one has full-blown Tim Burton-esque score in it. It doesn't take a break to show you some Party Man, you know, or Bat Dance. Oh, man. Probably one of the best Danny Elfman scores. Like I, I had this for a long time. Listened to it, loved it. It's just great, you know. Good stuff. It's I love this score. I have it. I have it on CD. I found it at a thrift store one time. It was great. But uh, it's so good, man. And it just really pops. And the costume design is great. All the little aesthetic things are great about it. Hey Zach, we're about to get a glimpse of Chip, his son Andrew Benarski, that uh, fucking Gunnar Hansen hate motherfucker. Yeah. He's on the painting in the background with his dad. Awesome. He's like, Dad, Mr. Mayor. He's going to come in. He kind of he kind of <laughs> talks like he's slow in the head. He might be in real life. Look at his IMDb <laughs> picture. He looks retarded. <laughs> he's, he's crazy, man. What's the story with that actor? Zach, you got to tell it. And you also got to tell him. Uh, I know the story you've told uh, before, but you got to tell him how you got into a fight with him on Facebook. Yeah, I, but tell the story behind him and the Gunnar Hansen thing. <laughs> well, the Gunnar Hansen thing is like when Gunnar Hansen died, he uh, people were like, you know, posting pictures like they always do of them with him at the at a con, and uh, basically, <laughs> I guess he was mad that he was getting all this uh, <laughs> news and shit. He's like, "Fuck him, fuck his dead nuts," or something like. What was it he said? He's like, "Suck his dead nuts." I don't remember what he said. He just went <laughs> off on fucking... That's cold, Are man. you guys at the part where Chip just walked through the door? Yeah. Okay, I was afraid I skipped a little bit. 
died, Mr. Mayor. But yeah, you, uh, you, he was just shitting on the original Leatherface because he thought he, he was better, I guess. But then, like, yeah, people were like, what the fuck, man? But yeah, back when, like, I, I <laughs> a long time ago, I, I, I was in this group and I saw that they were posting a, a lot about, like, the remake or the, the, uh, the prequel to the remake. They were like, yeah, I love Andrew Bernarski. He was great and shit. They were just sucking his dick. And I, I, I was just like, I had to be the party pooper. I was like, he's a fucking asshole. Fuck him. And then I get a like, and it's from Andrew Bernarski. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize he was actually like part of like the group that was <laughs> being commented on. Like maybe he was tagged or something. I didn't realize it. It's so funny how these, uh, these actors they become so possessive over their like roles. If like somebody else played the role, it's like they there's a tug of war going on between yeah who is the best or who but, is the best in a the role. They like you know. but he IM'd you after that. It's not where it ended, Zach. Well, that's not where it ended. Yeah, he he just like he he sent me a personal message like what the fuck. I didn't respond to him. <laughs> I should have. You should have, dude. Why did you not? I don't know. I didn't know what to think. I, this guy Are might you be crazy. Of him? No, I'm not scared of him. You're not scared? That's so funny, though, man. I love that story. It's just such a bitter thing. I love our idea about uh, trying to get Andrew Minarski on for a commentary, but we don't tell him which commentary, and it's the original Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, will you come on and do Texas Chainsaw with us? And it's the Gunner Hansen one. What is it with the deal when they did that remake? What was everybody's obsession with remaking these characters, but bigger and hulkier? They did the thing, same thing with Tyler Maine and Michael Myers. Yeah. We got to make them huge. We got to make Jason huge in Freddy vs. Jason. We got to make Leatherface massive on steroids. Yeah, I remember the Jason when the, thing. I I remember when that remake came out too. I watched the behind the scenes and I see I see uh, Bernarski and he's just talking. And it's like, man, I told him, man, you gotta let me play Leatherface, man. I I was born to wear the mask. That's how he talks. Yeah, <laughs> he I was, was like, a big, uh, "This guy's a fucking retard," and I was right because looking at him on IMDb. <laughs> I, I I guess I have to look at this picture that you keep talking about. <laughs> Let me see he what's actually, up. He actually looks like he just like passed out drunk, and somebody just made him open his eyes and took a picture real quick. They're like, "You forgot to take a picture for your IMDb." Well, he's kind of a if if you see if you see him on Facebook, he's like a big biker guy. He's no longer like this bodybuilder. He's kind of out of shape now and fat, like a you know beer gut bike drink beer drinking biker guy. Mm-hmm. He worships Black Label Society, listens to that kind of stuff, and uh, he's really uh, right wing, you know, like to the extreme and just that type of guy. He he was talking about PizzaGate. Well, of course he has to. <laughs> Trying to look at this picture right now. Where are you at? I, look how cool and wacky this is, man. I fucking love this. Look at where did where did this fucking circus gang get these high quality costumes, man? Look at those skulls that they're wearing. <laughs> they're like down in the sewers, paper macheing for like what? years, building up to this. And know? do they all do the clowns paint each other's makeup before they go out every day, or do they keep it on? They're juggalos. <laughs> look, it's the guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Really? The T. Yeah, it's uh, the teacher. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vargas. Yeah, that's Mr. Right. Vargas from the science class. That guy pops up a lot in a lot of movies. Yeah. Man. He's dead I now. I remember him from Ghost. Yeah. He's, de- he's dead now. Righteous Bucks. Righteous. He was all. Oh, fun fact. 
that guy, uh, Mr. Vargas, and the organ grinder there, he was also in a really shitty Sega CD slash 32X video game called Corpse Killer. About it was a <laughs> it was a rail shooting zombie game where you shoot out these zombies, kind of like the the T2 arcade game. I remember that shit. Yeah, I used to play it, and he was in all the cutscenes because you know back then it was all about FMV, the PC days and I, stuff. I only remember the cover of it, the box, because my friend had a copy, and we could never get to play on a system. Yeah, I used to play like it. Scratched and shit. I guess it makes sense uh, that they don't focus on Batman so much because there's already more than one villain in the movie. Yeah, and, and a lot of people think that's a problem. Like you know, people want him to go go back to focusing on one villain. You could argue that they push all these villains to sell toys, you know? Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was a compromise. Yeah, I don't totally know if that was a compromise with this movie, though. Like, did... did? Oh, actually, you know, looking into it, though, it seemed like a lot of those toys were an afterthought because this movie was, so, like, way too dark and sadistic to kind of market it the way it was made. So they just kind of retrofitted a bunch of old toys that kind of fit into the... I remember hearing mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah, it's like parents were not happy with this movie. I think it's like PG thirteen. It almost got an R rating. It was so dark. I mean, it's a pretty sexual movie too. It's, you know? Well, here's the thing: they they, were, I think a lot of people have claimed that that's the this that's the very reason why they didn't want him back for part three, um, ultimately, and is because yeah. he, it's they gave him full reign and they didn't like how dark he made it because they couldn't fucking sell Happy Meals with it. Yeah. Well, dude, it did, Tim Burton himself talks about how he's in a production meeting for the third movie, and like he said, they were just like dropping hints left and right. They didn't want him to do it. Yeah, and he's like, "You guys don't want me to do this movie, do you?" And they're like, "No, no, no." And he's like, "Yeah, I know what this is." He said, "Fuck it," and he just got up and walked out. You know, and then he went on. To, I think he did uh, Ed Wood after this or something. Yeah. But um, this is so, this is extremely dark. Think about it. It's about this guy, this grotesque penguin that vomits black fucking goo that wants to yeah. kidnap. I think it's cum. He wants to baby nap these fucking firstborn <laughs> children and drown them yeah. because he has daddy issues. It's That's awesome. Mommy daddy issues. He wants to drown children. And it's it's really dark, man. It's like the Pied Piper kind of fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good rendition of the, you know, of the penguin. It's it's odd for sure. I mean, it's maybe a little too dark. It's it's definitely not like following what the comics portray. Oh, of course, he's not like some kingpin or whatever. He's he's just mutant, grotesque, fucking. I think it's great, man. I really, really want the the giant NECA they have of the penguin. Yeah. From this, it looks incredible. I think they have two versions, and they have the one where he's in his uh. Pajamas at the end, where he's bar- he's got the bl- the black shit running down his chin. He's wearing his coat. I want that so bad. That guy right there, that guy in that clown makeup, he's the fucking guy from Renegade. That's Lorenzo Lamas' sidekick. That's a Corey G fucking thing right there. Oh, you know what? What are they gonna stop fucking perpetuating? You know, fucking giving into this b- bat appropriating their culture. I want to see a Batman movie played by a real bat. <laughs> or, I, or I'm boycotting. I'm offended. We haven't evolved enough as a society yet to actually have uh, animals in a lead role. Exactly. I'm still not over the fact that you were trying to tell me they wanted real monkeys to play the fucking gremlins and gremlins. Yeah. I read That's that. weird. Oh, yeah. I heard, a, I heard that, too. I know How you guys, often? Man, you guys just dropped that gremlins commentary. I'm fucking psyched to listen to it. I had a lot of fun. I did a commentary for it just by myself. 
and had a blast. So I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. I mean, that's such a great movie. Yeah. That is definitely like one of, one of my all time favorites from my childhood. You know? I don't know how you do it by yourself. I would fucking run out of the, I did a, I did a drunken commentary by myself and it's too bad to see the light of day. He still wants me to listen to it, and I'm scared he's going to jerk off. That's all it is, because he's doing fucking <laughs> yeah, Edward Penis say, hands. I didn't say my solo commentaries were any good, but oh, they, um, they good, I man. have fun. That's the point. <laughs> I have fun. That's all. That's all. That I wanted is. to add. I wanted to add another tidbit about that guy that already passed. But you know that in, that that clown that was in Renegade. He's a Native American, obviously. You can tell by the makeup. But have you guys ever seen Harley Davidson in the Marlboro Man? I haven't seen it. Yet. Oh look, there's the fucking Legend of the Hidden Temple guy. Fuck you too, Zach. Yeah, that was that was, that was Omac. <laughs> I had to say it, otherwise I didn't know if it'd show it again. Who, who, what else was? He okay, in? I'm gonna move on from this topic, but I'll just say he was in that too. He was the guy in the pool hall that had a really cool line. If you guys, you guys probably don't remember that movie. I want to do a commentary of it badly. I, I don't think I've seen that one yet. I may have to check it out. Oh, it's so it good, Zach. We still have to do a commentary of Harley. Yeah, it's a goofy ass movie. It's 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 such a B movie, but it's a it's one of those B movies that wanted to be an A movie, and it wasn't a B movie by choice. It, it went to theaters, the whole deal. Don Johnson, Mickey Rourke, it just kind of fell on the B status, but it's so good. It was before Mickey Rourke made it, got the hot dog lips look. Yeah, it was like in ninety one, nineteen. It was it was nineteen ninety, I think. Nineteen ninety ninety one. What did he do to his face, dude? It's so funny. I just. I just saw Mickey Rourke in an episode of Dice on Showtime, and man, he looks rough. Like, worse than uh, Iron Man 2 rough, you know what I mean? He's all skinny. He got all skinny, dropped down to like 60 pounds to try and fight again. Is he still skinny? Did he get in that show? Uh, I don't know. I've been wanting to watch that, yeah, that movie again. The Wrestler, I mean. The Wrestler's amazing. Oh, I love that movie. Fantastic. Uh, The Wrestler is... Maybe the greatest movie of the last decade. My favorite, I think. Hey, you know the scene in The Wrestler where like they, he goes to that shitty venue to do like his first wrestling match in a while? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a dumpy old venue. That's actually filmed at a theater just like right down the street from my house. Oh, so, wow. Where I live. That's neat, man. Yeah. Here in Dover. Because they, they filmed a lot of that movie around here in New Jersey. <clears throat> I love it because they're where they're picking in backstage after that fight's over. They're picking the the staples out of his back, and he's just kind of looking yeah. down. You can tell he has tears in his eyes because it hurts so bad. You should yeah, have tried to sneak stuff, into man. the set and, and and suck his hot dog lips. <laughs> <laughs> I would have if I had lived here at the time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think every scene in this movie is awesome. Every single scene I love. It reminds me of my childhood, and I love this yeah. movie. I was obsessed with this movie. I wanted. All the toys uh, I wanted, I never got to see it in theaters. My dad promised me he would take us, and he never did. But uh, I, I loved it. I wanted McDonald's. They had, they still believe me. It, it didn't prevent Warner Brothers from still pushing it at McDonald's because mm-hmm. they did. Yeah, and I remember they they were selling all the cups, like the themed cups with the mm-hmm. penguin and yeah. all the stuff on it, and the Catwoman. And of course, you mentioned the McDonald's toys. But I mean, of course they were. They were going to try and get their money. But uh, I was obsessed with all of it. Yeah, you know, if you and I had like three hours, Aaron, we could probably debate like which is better, 89 or 92. But I think it's just because 89 for me was my childhood, right? Because I was 12. And then for you, you're more of a 90s guy, right? Because you, you've kind of – the 90s stuff is really what really hit you, the Turtles and, and this movie and, and whatnot. So Well, the Turtles was 80s, know. the cartoon. So I, I was born in the mid-80s. So yeah, I was, I'd say I was predominantly a 90s kid because that's when I was coming of age. But – my earliest memory is the original Batman. 
when I was when I was three. Oh, really? Yeah, when I was three and four years old, we had a. Oh, that's different, though. I mean, it, come on. I mean, you're just a little kid. I mean, you're more maybe quite age appropriate for for like dark Batman movie. I'm mean, sure you remember it, but I'm just saying, like, it probably didn't like you know get into your your psyche the way that this movie did when you're a little bit older. It was know? just a couple years, years later, but I I have a relationship with the original Batman too. So we had it. Uh, in 89, my grandmother actually bootlegged it. You know, she brought her giant fucking hand cannon recorder into the theater and <laughs> recorded it. And so we had a, and then, so we watched that like crazy and, and we watched it every day. We wore out that movie and Hook, like, and Fernley, um, I think, and Home Alone. We just, and repeat, just those same few movies. And then, of course, when it came out in VHS, she bought that for us too. She probably paid ninety dollars yeah. for it. I think it still had a tag on it. It's like crazy how much they cost. But we watched that. I watched the original Batman probably three hundred times before I ever saw this movie, and I loved it. I oh, was obsessed really? with it. Oh, I was obsessed with it. I, I just and I had the toys. I had the fucking toys as well. But there's just something about this movie. As I get old, see, if you would have asked me this when I was ten, I I don't know. I might have told you the first one was better, maybe. But I kind of grew up with both of them. But I think now as an adult, I just respect this one because it's a director's movie. Like he really he did what he did. He yeah. did his job as a director. Like here, give us your vision. That's what a fucking director's supposed to do. Here's a script. Bam. Um, but I love the first one too, man. Everything about the first yeah, dude. One. I mean, I really do wish that more directors today doing these hero flicks could do what Tim Burton does. You know, which is really enact out their vision, have more control, mm-hmm. and put something unique. It's just, now it's just so homogenized, a formulaic thing that everybody's just trying to get the box office bucks. You know, in the yeah. first weekend, mm-hmm. and um, it Dude. doesn't. You know, you don't see a lot of. You know, except for maybe I think maybe the most recent one was um, Deadpool that kind of had a unique vision to it, but. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just like, oh, let's try to make it more like an Avengers movie. Let's try to make it more like that movie. It's Deadpool just- Deadpool is trying to follow the source material, which I respect that being the way he is and yeah. violent. But this movie, man, supervision. Look at it. Penguin's holding a severed arm. He's holding mm-hmm. a severed arm of Max Shrek's dead partner, and we just we just revealed that Max Shrek murdered his fucking partner. I mean, this is dark shit, man. It's crazy. We're getting ready to see her become Catwoman. Yeah, and this is a great scene oh, too, man. man. To me, there is no filler scene in this movie. There really isn't. There's nothing that I would have edited out or taken out. Everything means something. This is a great. Every scene with her is great. And of course, we're going to come across the scene where it's her and Shrek, and he pushes her out of the window. Man, that scene is creepy. The tension in it is done so well. Fucking Shrek shows up, donkey. I mean, now can you explain how she falls out of fifteen million flights of uh, uh, fifteen stories and slams to the ground? She's not fucking pavement splatter, and then cats nibble on her fingers and wake her up. I don't get that. That's kind of comic book. Yeah, I mean, you can't really apply any logic to anything. Like, I mean, that's a Tim Tim Burton esque thing. It's just, yeah, it's it's a chin scratcher. It's like, well. First of all, her brains will be splattered all over the pavement, and then all these like dirty alley cats come out and they just start licking her, and it's like, oh, that magically resurrects her into this like and gives her nine lives. I think they're like chewing totally on her different fingers. persona, yeah, like totally different persona, you know. I will say though, man, Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman was like my Farrah Fawcett, you know, like man, I was just fucking. My dick's gonna be out the rest of the movie. <laughs> all right, Corey G. <laughs> But this, think about it, 1992, this is when Tim Burton was a dangerous director. Like, he was rebellious, right? He pulled this shit and did this. 
he's not that guy anymore. He sucks. He swings from Disney's fucking nuts all day long now. Right. Mm. And Tim Burton and him haven't done work together in years either. Cause him, cause Tim Burton might as well have been an extension of him. Right. They were, they were a dream team that should have never stopped working together. You know, now it's, now it's him and Johnny Depp that are a dream team, sadly. Well, he just, he filmed this movie right after uh, Edward Scissorhands. So. Yeah. Depp was already on the radar at that point, and then he did Edward right after this. So those those two teamed up really, really early on. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, Burton's gonna do. I don't know if he's just being a producer or what, but they're doing Beetlejuice two. Supposedly, which I don't know really needs to happen. That's been into, that's been back and forth for fucking like what five years now. Like, I mean, I get it. It's the script's been kicked around for many, many, many years, like Hawaiian style and shit, all that bullshit. But it's been reinvigorated ever since Dark Shadows came out, right? And that's been like five years, something like that. And yeah. it was hot for a while. And then it kind of went cold. And then it kind of went like, oh, yeah, Michael Keaton. Yeah, we all want to do it. We all want to do it. And then Tim Burton was saying, oh, if the script's good. And then then they'd go back to Michael Keaton a couple years later. And he'd be like, you know, I, I, I haven't heard anything on it. I think it's cold. And then now, what is it, like, a few weeks ago, they announced that somebody else has been handed the script. I'm like, why is everybody excited and making headlines about that? That means they already they already handed it off to somebody else, and they wrote scripts and went over this for a few years, and they just abandoned it. Now they're starting new. Like, that's not a very good sign to me at all. It's like, great, we're just going to start fresh, and Tim Burton's not going to like it or whatever. I don't know. I'd watch it. So would I. I'm curious to see it, man. But I, I don't. It's. I think Beetlejuice is one of those movies that just doesn't need a sequel. It doesn't, it doesn't need it to be. Doesn't. You know. I want to see Beetlejuice fucking Winona Ryder though in the sequel. Well, and Winona Ryder is actually somewhat marketable now, so it kind of makes sense. Same thing with Michael Keaton, right? So mm-hmm. the time commercially is is now to strike the iron, but I just don't. Well, they can't put Jeffrey Jones in it. They'd have to have a new spinoff. No, <laughs> They'd have put to, like, him later in it. That'd be great. No. And have a, give him a little uh, a little kid sidekick that that goes around. O- with Otho's him. dead. Otho's dead. And then Jeffrey Jones is Hollywood cancer. But no, I just think that it doesn't need a sequel, like what you said, Josh. And I think um, it part of the charm of Beetlejuice is that, in a way, I mean. It, it, it's timeless, but it dates itself in its timelessness. Because if you know if they made a sequel, there's no stop motion, man. It's going to be all CG. Um, yeah, it's just not going to be the same. Absolutely. It's not going to have that old flair that Beetlejuice had. That's great. It's just not. Michael Keaton will be fantastic. I mean, he's. I think he's still got it all day long, but I don't know. That's the Keaton. Baby. Like I said, it, it just be... It'd just be curious to see it, but I, I don't know. I'm very skeptical of something like that. So I'm just leave skeptical. it alone, man. Let it let it just let it die. Let it be what it is, you know? Leave it alone, but if it does come out, I mean, I, I'm of the mind where I will not let it ruin the original. I won't. Because it's been so long, it's impossible for a movie that gets a sequel 30 plus years later yeah. to really taint the original. The original is so old, it's its own thing. So if they if they release it, I'll I'll enjoy it and I'll hope that it's good. Same thing with that shitty Ghostbusters movie. I it didn't ruin the original fucking two Ghostbusters for me. And that movie's horrible. That new one, oh my god. But it is what it is. Oh man. Have you seen the have you read the articles about Paul Feig's out there like blaming the fans for uh that movie tanking? Yeah. It's like movie that, that man, that movie tanked because that fucking script sucked dick and the it was comically bad how like the the cheesy effects and the bad humor it wasn't funny. in it is, it was not funny at all 
do no chemistry at all on the characters. Not what funny. a piece of shit. Are you that dumb to not know that like so much about what made the first movie work was the cast, and then just being like, the cast ain't coming um, back. Like right away, people are like, well then. It's not a very good idea, Ghostbusters. It's all about the cast. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I read that he was saying that the sort of hype and the girl power and the sexism thing kind of killed the movie. He wasn't exactly turning his nose to it when that was what they were talking about building up to it. You know, like maybe it could have worked. I, I don't think he'd be saying the same thing if it worked for for the movie, right? And everybody turned out. But it wasn't good. If it was a great movie, it probably would have went that way. Like, oh, yeah, girl power, it's great. You guys are all, you know, sexist pigs if it was good. But, dude, you can't fucking mask shit with, you know, name calling. It's garbage. It's absolute trash. And it was over two hours long. Why? It's so long. Dude, I I, I made it three quarters of the way through and I walked out and got a refund. I mean, I, ser- I couldn't take it. It was so bad. I was like, I just, this is not. They gave you a you refund? Know, fuck this. Yeah. I was like, hey, I was like, walk to the girl behind the counter, you know, some teenager. And I was like, look, this movie really sucks. Like, can I, can I at least get a ticket for another movie? And so, you know, and she was nice. She's like, yeah, sure. And I went and saw BFG instead, mm. which is another Spielberg stinker, but um, oh, it was better. I sat I through saw, that movie, I saw you know that I mean? poster and I'm like, is this called Big Fucking Guy? Did Spielberg just call a movie <laughs> Big Fucking Guy? That's awesome. Is that what it's supposed to be? <laughs> I don't know. I was that's thinking BFG from Doom, the Big Fucking Gun. <laughs> but that's what the poster shows. It shows a kid and then like a giant where you can't, you just see the feet and then the person's out mm. of the out of the picture. So I was like, it's a big fucking guy. Is it not really sick, uh, sexy to watch her chug that milk and it drizzle down her chin like cum? Oh, totally, dude. I was thinking about that. <laughs> and she's like, just look at her, and she's it's quenching her thirst, and she was just laying there. Ugh. I want to see her taking the, a fucking milk shower like Limp Biscuit in that music video. <laughs> dude, it was drizzling down her face like a, hor- like a horse cock raining on her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gallon of milk being unloaded onto her face. Do you know they sell dildos that are, are molded after horse cocks? It doesn't surprise me. Now, <laughs> d- is the is the horse getting paid for their mold? Are they getting any kind of royalties? Yeah, they probably don't even get consent from the horse. Why would you need a horse? All you have to do is get a regular dick and just make it bigger. Yeah. Like, you know, all those dildos you buy, they're not real-sized dicks. They take a real dick, mold it, and they make it, like, five times bigger. Like, you've seen those hogs they use in the movies, man? No guy has a fucking 10-pound hog. That's Hopefully. ridiculous. And if you both have ten, if you both have ten pound hogs, and I just out of myself, I take back everything I said. Imagine if that was your job, like just fucking molding horse cocks all day. Mm. That wouldn't be bad. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that pays well. Probably not. Mm. It's it's probably like slave labor in China. I can imagine you could mold one horse cock and be done and just replicate it. Why would you? (laughs) Why would you go into like a different variety of horses? Mm -hmm. Like this one's good. You want the stallion cock, the pony, you got it. This scene's awesome, man. It's a pretty good breakdown scene. I like it. Yeah, it's a little corny, but what? I mean, you know. Of course it's corny. Don't you dare say this is corny, baby. <laughs> she just, she just... I'm a little, a little bit more critical of this at 40 than I was at like 14, so to be expected. I always <clears> like how they, they just make their suits... Just like their cells and she made it in five minutes. Yeah. 
It's like, I, you think, like, she would have go. I would have went to a BDSM store and got just a fucking leather suit. They were saying that she went through, like, 60 of these suits in the production of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, just wore them out or something, you know? How did she get, uh, I don't know, how did she make those into claws? How did she make the ears? She's good. She's very good. She's into her work. <laughs> Look at her. She she kind of has like a uh, like this scene could have been inserted into one of the Pet Cemetery movies. You wouldn't even notice. See what is that? Why is there a thimble with that that fucking sharp thing on it? Is that like a real tool? I'm <laughs> I'm unaware of. Or was she like some murderer before and she already had this stuff? I'm confused. Because look at that. Look at that. That was already made. She good. May, anybody out there that's into sewing maybe knows, but. She she was planning this already, and she just happened to fall down, and is like, "Oh, it's time for me to do Plan B." I I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel so much yummier. Oh yeah, dicks out for Catwoman. You know she has a lot of fart bubbles shooting up her back in that thing. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it just looks all kinds of uncomfortable. It probably took hours to get on, too. I bet you when they unzip her and they get that thing off, it smells like a big fart once they open it. Like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, apparently they vacuum sealed that shit onto her. Surprised. So I'm sure they were vacuuming out the ass when they were, you know, vacuum forming. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean when you say this is a claustrophobic movie, but even the way, even how packed the scenes are, I think the cinematography is great, man. These shots are beautiful. I, I love these shots. Oh, this guy right here that's going to take the baby? I always thought it was Ugg from Sleet Your Shorts. Listen to his voice. <laughs> Listen to his voice. He sounds just like fucking Ugg. <laughs> and I used to look, and this is before IMDb, so I could never find out, but I swore. So I just assumed, and I was telling everybody, yeah, it's Ugg. That's Ugg. And then they found out it wasn't. They're like, he's a fucking liar. 20 years later, they're calling me up like, fuck you. You tell me that was Ugg. I like how dumb and gullible these people are. Like, the penguin just shows up right after, ready to go. He's got the kid. They really buy into this whole fucking thing. They're stupid. How come nobody's going in after the fucking kid? That's what I'm wondering. They're just looking down the manhole. They're like, well, it's dead. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry to hear about your baby. The way you're rising, like, on a platform seems really planned and organized and choreographed. <laughs> as if you were down there waiting for Ugg. Nobody's interested in finding the guy who stole the baby in the first place at all. He just... Yeah, like... Yeah, eh, whatever. Let Batman it. take care of it later. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about that as a kid. Man, you know, I know he's rich and all. Does he really have to have fucking Alfred decorate the tree? You think he could pay someone else to do that? <laughs> like, professionals? Why is he having that old fucking man do everything? It's too busy watching TiVo, man. Yeah. Dude, that fireplace, I swear to God, it's about the size of my apartment. It's fucking huge. Nice. He needs a bigger TV, man. That's all I got to say. For as much money as he's got. This is like, what, the first time we've seen Michael Keaton? No, we saw him when he stood up at the beginning of the movie. We've Mm -hmm. seen Michael Michael Keaton's face twice. We've seen him as Batman once. And how long are we into this movie? I know. We're 36 minutes in. It's really skimpy with the uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne stuff. Well, there's a little bit more Bruce Wayne, I think, coming 
after maybe like the second half of the movie. Of course. Have you ever watched uh, any interviews with Michael Keaton about these movies? He's just very dismissive of them, you know, like. I think he did this movie to be able to to get some money together to buy some real estate or something. Like he's just not into the Batman thing at all. I don't recall that. He's been nothing but pro Batman ever since he came back. I well, I think he in his. I mean, I'm talking about back in the day. Okay, you know when he's still like a hot actor. Now you know he has a resurgence in his career and stuff, and I think he's kind of accepted it and is having fun with it. You know, but uh, back in the day, if you watch those old '90s interviews with him and stuff, he's just like, eh. Whatever, I just, you know, it sucked. I didn't like it. Like, and he just talks about how, like, the whole thing, like, filming these movies was just so, like, completely ridiculous, you know, and. He was still going to do the third one. He turned down a massive paycheck because the script sucked. You know, obviously, Tim Burton walking away didn't help. And then, but I guess, you know, even with uh, Joel Schumacher intact, they were still talking to him, but the script was just garbage. Mm -hmm. And I guess what they say is he turned down a $15 million paycheck, which in 1994, probably when they were offering that to him, even 93 was fucking huge. That could have bought a lot of blow. I didn't know he used to bang Michelle Pfeiffer before this movie. But I, anyway, yeah, what was what was the role he 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 the movie ended up doing after this movie? Um, multiplicity because it seems like shit. He might he did like multiplicity in like ninety five or ninety six. I don't know. <laughs> I no, said, see, I love dude. I like multiplicity. I like I it do. too. I just said the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, that's a perfect movie for him too. It's it, that is a good movie, but you just don't ever think about watching it. Oh, I've I, I've watched it like twenty times. I love it. <sighs> it's great i mean it's good for an actor too especially you know he's got a comedic background and he gets to sit there and portray these different versions of himself it's perfect it's such a fun movie and plus Dude, i saw gu- i saw gung-ho in the theater with my mom i love gung-ho i love that movie <laughs> i don't know what that is oh it's fucking great he uh to save the factory these asians come in and buy it and it's great in this their small town uh it's it's a really fun movie and Michael Keaton's in it. He's the star. It's great. Yeah, you guys yeah. ever seen? It, it tanked it. You guys ever seen Jack Frost? Of course. Oh yeah, With Henry Rollins <laughs> starring Henry Rollins. That movie's orgasmic. Yeah, that's that's. It's, are are it's, you guys? Um, are you guys fans of the Birdman? Did you guys like Birdman? Won an Oscar, I think, or something. I. I didn't know what to think about it. I was kind of polarized after I watched it. I didn't hate it. I didn't you hate know, it either. Not, it just, yeah, I didn't hate it. But it's not a movie I can watch again, I don't think. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Yeah. But that's the kind of movie he needed, man. He needed an artsy fartsy project to kind of come back and, and he needed an Oscar bait. So I don't know. Did you like that one, Josh? I did, I enjoyed it a lot, but you it's there's no there's not a lot of rewatchability in it. I mean it's great acting. And it's a artistic piece in terms of filmmaking, but you know, it's not something you wanna Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to rush out and buy a DVD of it. I'm glad it won. And, you know, doing all the long shots, the long takes, whatever, was really cool. And it was cool to see him come back and then, mm-hmm. you know, do some interesting stuff. And it was a compelling movie, but it was just, you know, I don't own it. And I don't want to, you know. He could have had Mickey Rourke syndrome, all these guys that are in the best picture, nominated for the best picture, whatever. Uh, they're they're huge for five minutes, then they make the mistake of taking every project that they're offered and they're dead again in two years. 
not like Mickey Rourke or whoever, but Michael Keaton, he sort of defied mm-hmm. that. First of all, it did win Best Picture, so good for him. Uh, and But he was in two Best Pictures back-to-back. Then he was in Spotlight the next year, which kind of solidified him. Okay, it's more yeah. than a fluke. You're kinda, you kind of got your cred back, you know? Yeah. I think he did RoboCop somewhere in between there, He did too. that before. He did that before. He had started to kind of come back where he was in uh, support roles, right? He was starting to show mm-hmm. up, and he was in that movie The Other Guys as, like, the police captain. You know, but not the star. So he was kind of, like, uh, coming, I don't know. Mickey Rourke did the same thing. Mickey Rourke was starting to pop up again in movies like right. Sin City right. and, uh, what's it called? The fucking, fuck, what's that? Once Upon a Time Mexico. He was popping up in there, but. Yeah. I don't know. They they could only afford one tombstone. I heard that, uh flick that uh keaton did about the mcdonald's founder is pretty good i think it's called the founder yeah actually. i watched it i watched it a, a month ago or so it was good um yeah i, I i'd say Check it was it, it was a it was a really cool watch i wouldn't i don't know if i can call it great or amazing uh but then again i don't know how i think that's the source material's fault i think it's as good as a source material co- material could have made it because it's not like they could have fabricated and made fucking ray Kroc a murderer to make it more exciting but it's basically like a movie like the, the 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 social network where they just sort of paint the picture of Ray Kroc and how scummy he was to get where he is. It's an interesting movie because he Michael Keaton, his arc in the movie because he starts off the the picture extremely likable. He's a down and out salesman looking for his big break, and he's so likable. And then over the course of the movie, you grow to hate him. Like, wow, you're so disgusting because he's such a shrewd businessman. And he sells and he fucking right. cheats these people. So he does a fantastic job. Because what he gets to do as an actor. And uh, they thought it was a huge crime that they didn't get to submit that. They were basically – somebody fucked up in their camp and was late submitting the shit to the Oscar noms to campaign for it. And it just didn't get any recognition. And it was all just a somebody in their camp fucked up. But he could have he could have been – it could have been a three-peat, man. He's like, I made that McDonald's shit for no reason. I ain't going to get no <laughs> he Oscar. A, he did a great job in it. Usually they play a retarded person to get an Oscar. Really easy. <laughs> Never go full retard, though. Yeah. Dude, real quick, he could play Mr. Krabs if they ever made a live-action Spongebob. <laughs> <laughs> but they have to overdub his voice with fucking Clancy Brown, man. Yeah. You gotta give it to him. No, did you know that... The coolest, the coolest tidbit about this is, and I'm sure Josh, you've been reading about the movies, so you know, is that Robin was going to be in this movie, right? And yeah. that's super fascinating, and I'll tell you guys about that. So, and Tim Burton was going to have Robin in it, so so much that he even cast it and everything. But of course, by the end of the the, the script and the end of the movie, with all the villains and everything, he felt like okay, it's too cluttered for Robin. Yeah. And Knowing Tim Burton was going to do the third one at the time, he pushed it off and was going to introduce Robin in the sequel, played mm-hmm. by fucking Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans? I know, that's such a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marlon Wayans was cast. Yeah, I don't know if that would have worked, man. That that might have been like a, a stretch too far, you know what I mean? Like, I like Mar- Marlon Wayans just fine, but... Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know, man. Like, that might have changed his career dramatically to be in such a big movie. Oh, yeah. He yeah. would have been in such a big movie at a very young stage in his career. You know? But so Marlon yeah. Wayans, yeah, that would have been weird. It would have been cool because it's like, wow, man, he's doing the whole racial swap early in the game before it was cool to do it. So that would have been different. But it also would have been really weird at the time. Like, can you imagine in 1992, like them trying to make the boy Wonder Black? 
I mean, let's be honest. It would have been weird at the time. Uh, but still, he cast yeah. him. I think, I want to say I've seen pictures. I think there's pictures floating out there with him in a costume. I think oh, really, yeah. He was cast. He was fitted. He was ready to go. It was all ready to go. Um, and since they made the conscious effort to ditch him at the last minute, they weren't going to screw him. They're like, we're we're still we're just going to put you in the third movie. Like we, this movie's just we're we're too cramped. So because they never made the third movie, and Marlon Wayans was still contracted to this day, he still gets paid for this movie because he was supposed to be in it. Really? He still gets paid. Really, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was going to be in this huh. movie and to basically not feel like they're fucking him over. Like, look, Tim Burton's like, you're going to be in the third one. We just don't feel like it, it will help the movie. It'll, you'll have much more of an opportunity to shine in the third movie. And this was before obviously things went sour and he didn't end up doing the third movie. But because they made him wait for the third movie that never happened, he still gets fucking paid for this movie. He still gets, uh, he still gets checks. Isn't that great? You know what? Now that I think about it, dude, if I would actually take Marlon Wayans over fucking Chris O'Donnell, Chris O'Donnell. any day. I would it would be so weird. That's one thing though. Chris Bes- O'Donnell's like a mannequin with a pulse, man, you know? Isn't that weird? So besides Billy D. Williams, you don't see black people in the Tim Burton Batmans. Mm-hmm. You don't. Well Tim you know, Tim uh Billy D. Williams was actually supposed to be in this movie and uh something happened and they fused his character somehow got turned into Max Shrek and yeah. Billy, Billy D got asked out of this movie man that's same that thing a, no same dude thing. I would much rather have Billy D than um walking walking in this movie because walking gives a really fucking boring performance oh you're movie, crazy man. I fucking love walking this are you crazy I love Chris for walking this movie dude he's I think Chris Walken is an incredible actor but he just falls flat in this movie man like, I don't think so see I was telling you at the beginning of the movie that I think he's every bit as good as the penguin and Catwoman as a villain he's people say there's two villains he's real there's three villains you know I get it they they wrote him for this movie he's not he didn't he never existed before this movie so Maybe that takes a little bit of legitimacy away from it, but I don't think so. I think he's great. Obviously, they named him after the actor of Nosferatu, Max Shrek, homage. But yeah. I think he's so good and he's crucial. I don't remember why they, because he was supposed to be Harvey Dent. I don't remember why they didn't make him Harvey Dent. But I, I remember it was some sort of a similar situation with the Robin thing where we're going to bring you back for the third one. It, it's not going to work, but we're going to bring you back. And of course he got the pooch when everything fell sour with Warner brothers. But you're right at the end of the movie, when Catwoman electrocutes him while kissing him, that was supposed to be two face. And that was supposed to give him the second face. Yeah. Well, apparently they were rewriting this shit until the very last scene. Like, even that fucking very last scene with Catwoman is just a tack-on that they added on at the very end. I mean, they just, you know, and they were just figuring out as they, they went along. And I think it was all Tim Burton approved. But, um, you know, I mean, I would have rather had some Billy D any day of the week. I mean, that, it's fucking that, Lando. I mean, that, last, uh, that last scene, that tack-on scene where she's looking at the moon, I don't even think that was Michelle Pfeiffer playing her just behind the back. Probably wasn't. No, they said they just pulled the uh, suit out of – because it was – after production and wrapped and they just pulled a suit out of fucking uh cotton you know out of the fucking uh, mop balls and threw it on some actress and just wasn't her at all but i don't even know that woman's she must be credited somewhere right? i didn't bother the look like but, a stand in or something yeah just some yeah some random actress or something but yeah i'm not sure um i just can't believe i it's hard for me to imagine billy d in this movie i guess uh, and, and you know I'm not a Star Wars fan, so fuck Lando personally. I get your attached, your attachment <laughs> to. It. I'm not. 
I'm not really a fan, but I'm a bigger fan of Christopher Walken because what else does Billy D. Williams have besides, you know, playing Lando and then fuck maybe Barry Gordy in those fucking Michael Jackson movie thing. But I, I don't know. I think he's great in this. I don't know what you're smoking, but, but yeah, it makes it really, really does cheapen Billy D. Williams appearance in the first one, because now if, if it did do what it was supposed to do and it just planted the seed for him to become two's face and evolve that character it would have made all the sense in the world that he had the role that he did in the first one but now it's just like what okay black harvey dent's here for like two scenes and he's gone oh, that's that's kind of a waste you know who is the chick that played batgirl in the in the third movie alicia silverstone yeah. horrible oh god that wrecked her career man that ended it for her you know that was it now she likes <laughs> now she chews up food and spits it in her kid's mouth <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I, that. I remember that. What is that story again? <laughs> That's so fucking gross, man. I guess so I guess she bird feeds her kid. That's funny, man. Yeah. I guess that was like some weird old practice that people used to do like back in the day or something. And yeah. I don't know. It's just a creepy Hollywood actress thing to do. It's like, why would you oh my god. I mean there's baby food out there. Why would you do that? It's like ugh. Yeah. Nasty. I don't want him to choke on anything. I always thought that that skinned fish looked really good. I don't know why when Penguin was eating it. it. Look at it. It looks good. I don't know why. And look at his ass. That looks good, too. Penguin in this movie. <laughs> Penguin in this movie has an ass like Station from Bill and Dead. Yeah. I think they're the <laughs> he, same apparently that was real. He really ate that fish, man. Like, it was real. Oh, like, yeah. Some real sushi. I know what you mean now. Yeah. I remember thinking the same thing as a kid. Like, what is it? I remember thinking, like, not knowing what it was he was eating. He didn't really. He showed, I didn't think he showed it looked. I didn't think it looked fucking good though. Mm, no. You got to roll that shit up in some rice for me. You know what I'm saying? I thought you were gonna say you got to roll it up in a blunt and smoke it. <laughs> a fatty boo Yeah. So blunt. here comes. Uh, here comes Danny DeVito's dirty fucking line. Mm-hmm. The uh, the filler void line, man. Even as a kid, I was like, ugh. Oh, he's. Ex- I love that his entire motive in this movie. Not only he's sexual frustration for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. He's horny. He's sexually frustrated. He's basically like Belial with legs. Yeah. <laughs> you think he ever like fucked a fish or something, or I'm sure maybe he fucking rear-ended a penguin or something. I'm sure like- he fucked a fat clown or two. Like, I mean, <laughs> why he's their leader? I mean, they must look up to him. That's true. I mean, he does have a posse, and I think. There's maybe one or two girls in He's there. He's got somewhere. a clown posse. He's a fucking juggalo. I told you. <laughs> I always that that chick that chick's on SNL. Oh yeah, I always really like Dane DeVito. He's a good sport, man. You know, he just took lemons and made lemonade. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I always thought he was the guy's. Made- I mean, he's basically a fucking troll, you know. And he like made a pretty good. I love him in uh, Twins, man. I the love that man. I Schwarzenegger love Twins. Oh, it's so underrated. Ivan Reitman, fucking like brilliant comedy, man. It's just so good. Look at that fucking scene. He bites his nose. Look how dark and scary <laughs> that is. That is scary to a kid. And nobody's charging him. Nobody's arresting him. Tackling him to the ground. <laughs> Yeah, so great. Nobody's wondering why he's wearing a fucking. It looks like he's got a f- diaper full of shit on underneath that dirty ass <laughs> bit. It's just like nobody cares. I was like, got a cl- he's got a clit tickler for a nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like the movies he directed to, like Throw Mama from the Train and Matilda. 
Yeah. Did you know he didn't he didn't initially want to do this movie? Really? He didn't initially he wasn't initially taking the bait for the movie. He was hesitant, like, eh. But uh, his good friend Jack Nicholson told him, you need to take it. Because Jack Nicholson had made a record amount of money. And he had made yeah. revolutionary back-end deals for this movie. You know, because he got... He got a piece of, he got some money, but he took back end on the merchandising and Ned had never been done mm-hmm. at the time. And he fuck he, I think it was quoted that he made about 50 million by the time it was all said and done. And so yeah, he's like, you got to get some of that Batman money for sure. Yeah. He's like, are you crazy? Take it, take it. He didn't get the same deal Jack Nicholson did. And he didn't make, and obviously this movie wasn't quite the same as the first one, but that was the, the notion of taking the role. Like, dude, fucking, I took him to the cleaners. You need to do it too. Was Jack Speaking Nicholson of, really Danny, bitter? Go ahead, man. Well, I was just saying, was Jack Nicholson really... I had read when Heath Ledger had come out with the Joker that Jack Nicholson... I don't know if these are real quotes, if they were fake news, but I had read some quotes that Jack Nicholson was kind of like... That offended that they didn't even ask him to like reprise his role in the Nolan Batman. Like, you mean old-ass 70-year-old Jack Nicholson? That sounds was that like, true? That sounds like bullshit to me. He's like, why would anybody I think, don't think that? Jack gives a, I don't think Jack Nicholson would give a fuck, dude. Seriously. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure he was glad to be done with it, you know. I mean, besides, those two characters are so different. I think, actually, um, Joker was supposed to be in this movie. He got squeezed out, too, right? Or actually, dead. maybe Burton didn't want to continue the story, you know, right after or something. And but then, he was dead at the end of the first one. Yeah, there was some chatter I read about where they were contemplating it or something. Yeah, and, you know, Jason, Jason was dead at the end of the first Friday 13th, too. <laughs> they just need to electrocute him, get him shocked by lightning. Right. They they should have had him being dug up. Mm-hmm. You know. Hey, real quick though, real real quick though. Did you, speaking of Danny DeVito, did you guys see that documentary Jim and Andy yet? Oh, I'm looking no, forward to watching that. No, I saw that, it though. Yeah. I saw it on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, man. I, I will say that Jim Carrey's fucking off as a rocker, man. He's. <laughs> You just watch it, you'll be like, man, this guy's a fucking asshole. I'll like, have to the watch whole production it. production of that movie, yeah. He's been super but interesting lately. It's an interesting, actually more of a uh, human interest piece than a documentary about that movie. Yeah, I heard he was going out of his way to stay in character the entire shooting of the movie. So you think that's why he was all wacky in the press? That's yeah. That's, that's mean, how they made it look like in the trailer. All, all I've seen of the documentary is a trailer. Going back on this movie for a second, uh, right at the very start of the scene when the that guy that looks like Ving Rhames, fucking, that's what I thought he looked like Ving Rhames with a stinger missile. That's what I was gonna say. That's all I got. Now the whole time, I, oh, there's a maybe that was a uh, the penguin squeeze right there, that chick. But um, no, I mean the whole time I was watching that documentary, I was thinking about you guys. I was like, oh man, these, these guys would love this. It's like right up your alley. Yeah, yeah I, I really want to watch it. That might be something I can watch. You know what? I don't actually. even know who the fuck Andy Kaufman is. Oh, dude. You know Andy Kaufman? He was in Taxi, briefly SNL. He was super, I don't know, as bad as avant-garde as a comedian as you could get. He was super wacky. Yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't for anybody but himself, and he was a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people, but in a lot of ways, he was a genius, man. And I never, I never mm, watched Taxi or anything. When he would do, when he would slip into character, he would go all in, and he'd be this character. Have you watched like the documentaries? There's, there's a lot of Andy Kaufman documentaries out there, and I love when they talk to the the cast of Taxi how he would come in as his alter ego, and he would not break. And 
Is it what? What is his alter ego's name? Like Tony Clifton or something? I can't remember. Yeah, it's it's Tony Clifton. Yeah. Okay, so he he literally said, okay, you know, they'd be talking to Judd Hirsch and Tony Danza, and they'd be like, yeah, he'd come in and he'd be like, hey, can I get a role for my good friend Tony Clifton? Like talking to him like he's a real guy, like just a bit role, something trying to pull some strings. And like, <sighs> okay, yeah, and they, he got him a role, and then so that the day of shooting like comes, fucking genius. This in the day a shooting comes, Tony Clifton shows up and it's fucking Andy Kaufman in makeup and body. What the, what the fuck? And he's not yeah. acknowledging it. We're just all looking at each other like, uh, okay. And he went the whole fucking day acting like Tony Clifton, fucking up his lines, being an asshole. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. And it just never broke. It never broke. And then when he'd show up as Andy Kaufman or whatever the next day, it just ne- never happened. What if he was a fucking schizo and he was? It was a cry for help, baby. He was so crazy. And then he had the whole <laughs> he had the whole Jerry the King Lawler thing when he was mixing with wrestling, doing the call out shit on Letterman show. I mean, he was he was a pioneer, man. He was wacky. Oh yeah, I mean he was very unconventional and stuff. And I mean he would have made a bigger impact on the. Uh, I guess in Hollywood in general, if he lived a little bit longer, you know, but he got kind of got cut short. So yeah, he's one of those guys that maybe was at the wrong time. Yeah, it's too bad that uh, that movie Man on the Moon wasn't. Better. I've never know. seen it. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just o- okay. It's okay, it's yeah, just okay. It really, yeah, it's okay. It's just kind of like a bore a boring Jim Carrey movie. I, I always hear <clears> people <throat> shit on Jim Carrey's serious roles, but I always thought like. I, I guess they're talking about Man on the Moon, but I always considered like uh, Truman Show a serious role that was good. And the majestic yeah, Truman Show was, that, yeah. was interesting and stuff. I mean, I have to give Jim Carrey some credit for trying some different shit where he could have been like typecast. He could have been so fucking easily, Adam you know? Sandler of his time, and he wasn't. And well, everybody jerks off Eternal Sunshine. I I don't see it. I don't understand it. Like I watched it once. I kind of thought it was whatever, and I've never seen it again. Well, dude, that might be the most depressing movie you'll ever watch in your life. Like I just when I watched, it, I was like, man, I want to slip my wrist right now. You know? Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel that way with uh, um, Requiem for a Dream too. Speaking of Marlon Wayans coming back around. That movie just, I don't like mm. that movie either because it just fucking depresses me. I'm like, what? I just, I don't like it. Yeah, I still have not seen that movie, man. I don't know why. I just, it's just not, it's not a fun watch. And it's not a depressing watch to where it's enlightening or fun. There's just nothing about that movie I like. So I'm not an Aronofsky fanboy. I think he's made just as many not so mo- good movies for me, but he's like, he made Wrestler and things like that. And I like Black Swan, but you know, he's kind of hit and miss as far as what I like. I don't have any a desire to watch that Jennifer Lawrence movie. Can't fucking stand her. I, I can't wait to watch that. Can't stand her either, man. Can't stand her, dude. She is. She she must. I mean, I'm not dogging whatever it that she has that people seem to gravitate towards, but it's not acting talent because she's not the best actor no. out there. And she phones mm-hmm. in so many performances, and she's just got this annoying punchable face. And I don't mean that literally, like I want to punch a woman, but it's just derpy. She looks like. I just can't stand her, man. I'm tired, and she's—they're yeah. beating her down. I'm tired of seeing her everywhere. She's from my uh, hometown, Louisville, she really? Kentucky. Yeah, and I don't know, man. I was like rooting for. Her. I mean, I liked her when she was doing. She was a little bit more innocent, and when she was doing, you know, uh, the Bill Ingvall show. What's that? The Bill Ingvall show. That's where she got her start. The fucking TBS Bill Ingvall show. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, like his daughter. I'll, I'm only familiar with her like movie career, but Bill Ingvall. 
when she started becoming like this really arrogant Hollywood actress, I was like, I'm out. Like, I, I can't stand it. Like after she won her Oscar and like fucking Nicholson, mm-hmm. there's another circular thing. But you know, Nicholson's like hitting on her and shit. She just after that, she seemed to start getting really like. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, she was too. She's too big, too big for a bridge. Condescending, and you know, you know who else is from know. Louisville? Is it is it called Louisville or Louisville? Whatever. It's uh, it's Louisville. Yeah, I've heard people say. I've heard people like it's called Louisville. You fucking idiot. And I'm like, it, it's spelled Louisville. <laughs> I can see why they they don't know. But who was the other chick that was that was hot? That came from there. I don't know. I used to live in Danville, Kentucky, Josh. Ashley Judd. She was hot for a while. Oh, yeah. We but. also have Tom Cruise, one of ours as well. Oh. So I guess we get all the wacky the, the wacky actors. There's a connection there, so I'll, I'll use that as a segue. So Tarantino scared me, and he might still be, but his front runner that he was courting was Jennifer Lawrence for his supposed final movie. And I'm like, fuck, man, please. That's not going to be his final movie. I know he says that now. He's gonna but be like Kevin Smith. He's not gonna. He's he's gonna be like shit. Or get off the pot, fucker. Quote quote or quote. I'm just quoting him, but I agree with you. But regardless, he's going for her. I'm like, man, what a way to make me not watch the movie. And I and you know what? He's put people in his movies that I wasn't a fan of before, and the movie was so good that I appreciated and I actually liked the the actor in it. So who knows? But now the male lead, he's he's courting and he's in talks with is Tom Cruise. I'm like, my fucking god, like mm. like what a way to. Definitely make me not go see your Tom movie. Tom Cruise is a crazy man. He could play fucking Charles Manson. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I just. Did you ever see that Oprah Winfrey video? Those so are literally. I, you know, I think that maybe some, like, I think I really think, I don't know, man. Like, if you look at something like Rain Man, which is a really fucking great movie. I mean, he, he can't pull off some chops, but he's just become this action star. You know, after the 80s, he's just, I mean, did you see fucking The Mummy? It's just. Like, he phoned that shit in, man. It was horrible. Who, who becomes an action star in their 50s all of a sudden? Yeah. And Liam Neeson, who becomes an action star in their 60s? <laughs> Tom Cruise and Liam Neeson, apparently. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Corey G to finally listen to one of these podcasts and be like, this fucker coughed my whole style. I know. <laughs> I still got to figure out what this Corey G bullshit's all about. I'll send you, we'll have to send you a link to one of our old podcasts that he's on and you'll know exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Cause I, <laughs> I listened to your, I listened to your Friday three commentary and I died laughing when your third host said that when he called that out, he's like, you sound a little bit like Corey G. I rolled. I was in my car dying laughing. Oh, Andy. Yeah. Andy, that was such a weird thing. Cause that was not planned at all. And like, I guess Andy was familiar with, uh, some of the stuff Zach had, yeah. Done in his earlier podcasting or something, and I was just like, "What? What's happening right now?" It's just so funny because me and Zach are in on the joke, so it's like him. When you died laughing when he said that, I was dying laughing in the car <laughs> as if I was in the room too. <laughs> it's just great. So you're clearly doing a fucking bang up job at that impersonation. <laughs> you know what's funny is I don't even try to do it all the time. I just notice yeah. I do it. I'll but just- it's just art imitating art imitating life because he's just trying to mimic Steven Seagal, so it's all good. <laughs> So now that uh, Ben Ben Affleck's out as Batman, who's going to replace him? What do you you got? Any predictions? You got any? Uh, well, is he? 
Polly Shore. Well, he's always going to say the Shore, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I know Jake Gyllenhaal's the front runner, but I'm so tired of Batman. Oh, dude, that would be fucking terrible. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're well, they're, they're talking to him. They're talking to him. I guess. No, that would be a huge mistake. He looks just too much like Jake Gyllenhaal in that cowl. You could see him like that's just Jake Gyllenhaal. Or get, I think uh, they should go. I think they should go back and they should fix their mistake from the first time around and finally give the role to Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he, but he'd have to shave his beard though. He'd have to shave he's... his beard, and I'm pretty sure he's got some old man neck gobbler fat too. Just leave the beard. He could be like the hobo Batman, like the the hobo or, Michael so Myers. Mel Gibson was the first pick for Batman. They could go and give it to the second pick for the original Batman, Alec Baldwin. He'd have to lose a lot of weight. No, go go with Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> the superior Baldwin? Yeah. Maybe it could be the Eddie Furlong comeback movie. Hell yeah. And they can he could do the whole soundtrack. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, dude, that fucking uh, Eddie Furlong. I didn't know he did music too. Like <laughs> Oh, he did do music. Shit. Oh my god, dude, that shit cracked me up so hard. I was like, man, this sounds like something from South Park. It's so bad. It was like <laughs> That's so funny cuz uh wait till you listen to the Gremlins. Hmm. The Gre- Oh we, yeah. We've got Eddie Furlong all over that bitch. <laughs> oh nice. Cuz we we were I was talking like, man, about it. It, it sounded like somebody do it like him listening to him sing. This is back in like in his heyday apparently, like in the early 90s or something, but uh like listening to him sing, it sounded like somebody doing a character. It was it was just so I almost felt bad. It was like, you yeah, know, it only came it only came out in Asia. Yeah, it, clearly <laughs> it only came out in like Korea. It only came out in Japan, Korea, Philippines, and that's how you have to you have to import the album. But yeah, you can, it was just a cash grab. It literally sounds like he's singing like karaoke over the pre-recorded audio it sounds like somebody's right. already playing like a cd and he's just humming it really bad in his room and it's it's horrible man but it's so great i can't believe todd riverman bought the album while he, he bought the album on the pat podcast he ordered it he was unfamiliar with this and he was quite pleased when we when he, with what he heard and he uh couldn't say no at the end of the last one on the gremlins uh i put a sound clip of him going to Korea and doing this like interview, and it was it was the weirdest thing. What is he talking about the music? Yeah, it's very funny. What? Where did you find that? It's on YouTube, but it ends. Were they? It ends with the goofiest fucking thing. Like, were they really trying to make him a thing in Asia? Yeah, like a music thing. I like guess Justin he, Bieber. He had a bunch of fans there. What? Yeah. It's funny. That's so ridiculous. I get it. Maybe that that, well, that explains why they tried to push him as a star. We got to make an album. You got to. You're really big in Japan. Mm-hmm. Cue the Alphaville song. But yeah, He's I guess that makes sense. Japan. <laughs> All right. That was that was the Tom Waits song. I was thinking Alphaville. You know the guy. Tom Waits, the young. inspiration for the Joker, apparently. Really? Yeah, for the. Uh, for the Heath, yeah, the Heath Ledger version, I should say. Yeah, mm-hmm. where he's kind of like uh, twitchy and weird. Yeah, I guess Heath Ledger channeled the uh, Tom Waits voice for the Joker, which I think was really a fucking effective. What's he building in there? <laughs> that kind of grizzled voice. Yeah, he's a character, man. 
this is the this is the only daylight scene in the movie. I think. Oh wait, no, I guess the when the, when the penguin rescued the baby, that was daylight too. I think right, or was that night? I don't fucking know. Why are you uh, asking me shit? I'm just asking whoever. She looks really good though, man. Michelle Pfeiffer in this scene looks great. Oh man, I'd Michelle her Pfeiffer. I mean, Batman blows it. Dude, they had so many, so many people like vying for this role for um, Catwoman. Oh, the Sean Young one's notorious when she went on fucking like Ricky oh. Lake or something. Dude, I, dude, they totally should have given her the role. I think. I mean, she would have been great in this role as well, if you ask me. I mean, Sean Young back in her heyday, gorgeous, and she's a pretty good actress. I think. Yeah, she's crazy as fucking a box of cats. I always thought Sean Young and the chick from Big were the same person. Oh, Elizabeth Perkins. They they have a similar look. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they, I totally get where you're coming from there, but I was really, you know, it's funny to go back and watch her and like say Ace Ventura, you know, where she's. Mm-hmm. Finkel, Einhorn. Yeah, pretty much embarrassing yourself at the end of the movie. It's like, ooh, that's bad. Oh, that's but, great. Uh, <laughs> I would fuck that. Zach, shit. Zach, did you want to suck her ass dick? Yes. <laughs> her ass balls. Ass balls. <laughs> that's so funny man but uh you know but have you seen that notorious clip of her it was it on uh phil donahue is what it was i think i've heard of it i haven't seen it so because 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 sean young was supposed to play uh kim bassinger's role mm-hmm. yeah that's right mm-hmm. she was actually cast and they were filming she was supposed to play uh vicky vale and then she broke her ankle twisted her ankle sprained her ankle she did something that halted production and they had to go with the second stringer they had to go to ken basinger so and she was always i think she always kind of felt like that slipped underneath her because she was they they were gonna film it and she was in it so she was lobbying hard to play catwoman to the point of I guess there are stories of her showing up at the Warner Brothers lot and stuff and, and, and bombarding, uh, Tim Burton unannounced and stuff dressed as a cat, you know, it's really pushing her. Like she was losing her fucking mind and it got, it got the creepy status, like almost like, Hey, we're going to get a, uh, restraining order on you. And then she went on Phil Donahue. How embarrassing is that? She went on Phil Donahue while they were casting Batman Returns in a full cat costume in full what she thought would have been the audition that she would have given in character. And it was just humiliating. That's have you guys amazing. watched that? Yeah. I would watch a documentary about like just a, a grown woman loses her mind in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> I she Hey, you know, I give her some credit for putting herself out there and like really, she really wanted the role, you know I mean? I think she would have been great, but I, I, she, I guess she figured she had to really try to be out the competition but uh, I guess they already had their mind set on on Pfeiffer. But uh, no, she like broke into the Warner Brothers lot, and it, I think it was uh, Keaton and some producer were having a meeting, and she was just like jumping around the couch and shit, and would just just you know she was in full like uh, Catwoman you know gear and just trying to convince them doing her little spiel, and I guess it didn't work. It was I, I mean they were already had their mind set on Pfeiffer, that's, and she was a great choice. But. That's kind of funny because you always hear those stories of of somebody coming into an audition and taking control of it, like just becoming the character and not you know letting it letting up. But she tried it and it failed miserably, and she's just well, <laughs> she went way too far. Can you gotta imagine? And this, I don't know if she broke into the Warner Brothers lot before or after Donahue, but you going on Phil Donahue on Nationwide TV and making an ass out of yourself—that goes way too far. Because, like, even if she was perfect for the role, 
they're going to, you would have watched that movie when it came out being like, that's the bitch that was on Phil Donahue and she got this role for acting like an asshole on Phil Donahue. You wouldn't be able to separate the two. Yeah. I wouldn't. Dude, the thing is, if she had gotten the role, it would have been a legendary story and everybody would have been giving her thumbs up for it. She would have gotten Mm -hmm. praise for doing that. You know what I mean? It's just because she got turned down. It was like, well, she's just a crazy. Well, I think eventually she like uh, got herself blacklisted anyway. Like, I think mm-hmm. for showing up to like Hollywood parties drunk and just being obnoxious or whatever, but uh, she probably had a hard. T- I'd be honestly, she probably had a hard time living down what happened with Batman. That's that's a tough blow, man. Because talk about a big role that could have yeah. really. That was the good old days in Hollywood where you could get blacklisted for uh, you know just wanting something too bad. Now it's fucking kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zach, Zach, Zach. He yearns for an earlier day where he can get away with the kid thing. Uh, Actually, no, you can't get away with fucking kids because they still are, I guess. No, it's because they talk too much. Is that right, Zach? I'm just kidding. This is getting too dark for me. But our our video just got demonetized. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because all of our videos and you, you brought this up to me, Zach. You're hey, like, the, the just gr- keep in mind, dude, you could you could bring down R rated, too. It's not just you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that Zach's been on has been demonetized. Uh, no, what's funny is you brought that up to me. You sent me a message saying, hey, the Gremlins was uh, demonetized. And I looked at it and I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is – and I'd seen this. It's on almost all of our videos, Zach. I didn't um, notice until just Yeah, then. because it's not suitable for – it might not be suitable for all advertisers. So, because, you know, at McDonald's doesn't want to put an ad on something where you're talking. And, it, and they don't want to hear you talking about politics. They don't want to hear you talking about uh, – you know, the Corey Feldman thing. They don't want you to hear. Yeah, about nothing get, controversial. Nothing enough. controversial. And I'm thinking they can fucking keep their ad money. It's weird, like, though, because yeah. it's like I hear that people like it's happening to people who don't even like give an opinion. They're just reporting. on Yeah. It. Yeah. So and also, though, it's it's all done by bots, obviously. But you can request you can request to have it reviewed, but it won't they won't review it until that particular video has crossed a thousand hits and then they'll review it. Um, and I think I've had, I think I've had luck having one of them overturned because they're just bots. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is I know what they're talking about. I mean, I don't know if we, I don't know if what we said in gremlins. I don't think we said anything, but you know what? If they are nabbing us for talking about Corey Feldman, if they're nabbing us for an off color joke or whatever, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to that censorship, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. And I don't give a shit about it, so we'll just keep doing what we do. I don't give a fuck. Well, I guess as long as they don't fucking delete the video, it's not really censorship. I mean, dude, think about on on the. It, it's just because I think um, you I don't know. know. Like, I worry about you, a day where like the podcast servers we use can start being run like like how Google runs YouTube. Because what if they just start doing shit like that on the podcast? It will. To? The grip will get stronger and stronger and stronger, of yeah. course. I mean, podcasting never used to be an industry for making money. Now everybody's got their finger in it, and it's about making money. Uh, but, look, you know, the the new episode that we just did of The the Deep End, I, dude, that's all we're talking about is, like, sad, depressing shit. And I didn't get flagged, so I don't know what it is. Um, so when I request to have it manually reviewed by a real person, if that's what they really do, are they going to listen to our entire fucking two hour commentary and find that, okay, nothing was said, or are they going to listen to the first 10 minutes and realize Zach didn't make a sodomy joke in the first 10 minutes and call it good? (laughs) You know, (laughs) the worst one I ever did was whenever I was like, we were talking about uh, Corey Feldman and I was like, damn, I hope we don't tell on me. 
That was the best lay I ever had. <laughs> that was a great one, man. And I don't, I don't care. It's I like don't whatever. Think that it, one got demonetized, which is funny. I don't. Care. It's so stupid, man. It's. Dude, you know what's really funny? It's like once I start following uh, Corey Feldman on Twitter, somehow I started getting like updates from him, and it's always like Corey Feldman, like Corey Feldman tweet. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Of course he does. I, I see those people all the time. Yeah. Hey man, he likes. You think, it, you, you think he's gonna make his uh, his goal for his? I don't know what is it his crusade or whatever. He's gonna get that ten million dollars and he's gonna fucking move to fuck. No, he's gonna move to Switzerland as soon as he gets that ten million. He's gonna leave the country. I don't know. What if he was just over over exaggerating? What if he uh, the only people he knows over just some small bit people, like the two he said. Yeah, who knows? I still I still think it's um. It's sorry. It's been heavily rumored. I, I'm waiting for Joel Schumacher to be one of them. You know, I've never heard that. You're the only person, dude. I've, heard, I've heard that everywhere. The thing is, is you never heard about all these other people that are coming out. Here's the thing. You know what they say? For every rumor, there's a shred of truth, right? Even if a shred, even if it's not all true, there's always a shred of truth to every every heavy rumor. And the Louis C.K. thing, like that, was rumored. That was a fun rumor going around. Turned out to be true. Um, the Bill Cosby thing, that was a fun rumor going around that happened to be true. The Joel Schumacher thing, I'm sorry. I mean, innocent till proven guilty, but the rumor was that he that he was a uh, Brad Renfro was a victim of him on the set of The Client uh, among amongst other producers. And he, of course, went down a bad spiral, went into drugs and eventually killed mm-hmm. himself. And Joel Schumacher also directed fucking Lost Boys. I'm just saying... I, I saw Alex Leonard came out and said some shit happened to him, too. Oh, yeah. What was that about? I saw that, too, but I can't quite remember. He just said when he was a kid, some shit happened. Yeah, he didn't really get into it. The Reeves? It. Was it the Reeves? Did him and the Reeves get gangbanged? Nothing like that was said. <laughs> By Rufus? Oh. Dude, I just saw an article, an article broke today about Gal Gadot apparently like covering up some... or. Something about a rape and her roommate when she was a model back in Milan, and all these models kind of lived together, and they would like hobnob around with these like rich guys and stuff, and like her roommate got raped, and she did all these terrible things like pressuring her and like make, like Google it. Just it's a complicated story, but apparently they're going off a Gal Gadot now. So well, and then she looks like a big hypocrite because she was sitting there saying, "I will not do Wonder Woman two unless Brett Radner is pulled from the well, movie exactly. as a, as a producer because I'm all women's rights, and now I'm a figure for women because I'm Wonder Woman." And I'm not saying people can't change, but I could see how that would make her look bad. And I thought it was Gal Gadot. Yeah, I don't know who knows, but anyway, apparently the girl that got raped like put out this big press release about told the story about like. She's a hypocrite, and you know she's a terrible person. She's a predator, and all this stuff. I'm like, damn, man, not even shit. I mean, her career's just getting started now. There's like dirt on her too. It's just like, fuck. You she's know? a fine woman, though, man. Ooh, I tell you what, oh, calling her a hypocrite and a Are terrible person is a little far. I mean, I, you probably don't know yeah, that read, much. Read the article, man. It's it's harsh. Yeah, it I'll is interesting to see a woman get tagged. You know, yeah. I wonder because- if it's I wonder if it's just this power thing where they like having having the power to, to end someone's career in the palm of their hand. Like, I'm going to fuck this person up, baby. Could be. I'm just happy that people yeah. aren't taking the Stallone one seriously. Everybody's like, bullshit. I think everybody's tired of it now. I think everybody's just getting sick of it now. 
but re- yeah, I don't I don't want to comment too much on it because I'll all of a sudden start getting attacked or something. But I know it just seems like you know the people. I'll just say this: people love to see successful people in a position of power get toppled you know it's just yeah you know what i mean and it's i think it's a trend right now and it'll probably i'm not saying there's not good coming out of it you know because some of these people really do need to be taken out but there's um, a couple that a uh, fucking weinstein was yeah he didn't even try to deny it and shit like that i would be i would i would even go as far as to say that the majority of people that come out are telling the truth, and I wouldn't want to take anything away from that. Absolutely. But if you think that 100% of everybody that comes forward with some story is, is 100% honest, you're full of shit and you're fooling yourself. Because there, for mm-hmm. every 95 legit cases, there is four people who are embellishing what really happened to them, and there's one person mm-hmm. that's totally fucking making it up. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a fine line. You can't ignore people, but at the same time, that's why we have a court system. That's why we have this whole system that people are ignoring now, because you still kind of have to protect the person that's being accused until we know. Um, but you know, we live in a scary society now. But hopefully, oh, terrifying! It's terrifying. I would. That's why. That's dude. That's why I always say I would. I would hate to be a celebrity because you're you're constantly you're walking around. You're a walking target. You know, you, know I mean? many, you know how many celebrities pay people for hush money, like just that are trying to ruin their career and they pay them hush money because they have this power over them. Like, yeah, this is not me saying you're right. But even if you're just bullshitting, you could ruin your voice is loud enough to where you could fucking ruin my career. So I got to like settle out of court and I got to pay you. It's absolute bullshit. That's really fucking ironic. We're talking about this considering the scene we're watching right now. We're like yeah. penguins pissed because she won't put out. <laughs> so he fucking hangs her out to dry, man. This, this, I know it's a crazy scene, isn't it? Please, I wouldn't touch you to scratch you. <laughs> Tim Burton was ahead of his time, man. This is a metaphor for Hollywood. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, all that, all that <laughs> stuff about like all the the super hardcore feminists in Hollywood kind of makes sense now. It's like, oh, you got to put up with fucking Harvey Weinstein. I kind of get it now. No, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous, I mean- man. But you know what? Another good uh, point, though, about, let's say, Harvey Weinstein. You know, for every woman that walked out of a room like that, there's probably 20 women that took his offer and took the movie and took the deal, right? And they're benefiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's dirty. It's dirty. But for every one person that walked away and, and is talking right now, there's 20 or 30 women yeah. that were totally down with the agreement. And you know it. Or did it because they they felt like they had to, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a bunch of them, too. But you know there's tons of women that did it. And so yeah, we're benefited. not even hearing about them. Because why would they? Why yeah. would they talk? So, I don't know. It's a fucked up system. I'm looking forward to Hollywood. It needs the reset button. It needs to be washed away. It needs to be broken down and just start it over, man. Let's give... I mean, I love film, man. I love filmmaking. I love art. But it ain't about that anymore. It's mm-hmm. just so corrupt, and it's just bullshit. And case in point, look what we get. Look what Hollywood is and the movies they put out. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's it's lowest common denominator bullshit. Um, sequels and remakes, sequels and remakes, sequels and remakes. I wouldn't even mind that if they made sequels to good movies. Make that fucking Bill and Ted sequel. Yeah, it's dumb, man. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that too, man. Fucking old-ass Keanu Reeves. And- it could work great. I think it'd be funny if they <laughs> if they played on the whole like electronica like scene like just have Wild Stallions be two guys that just play a laptop in front of 
like on a stage. Like, yeah, we don't have to learn how to play. They hey. could be a parody of uh, fucking Daft Punk. Yeah. That's Do they funny. actually play? No. <laughs> they just kind of sit there at their little uh, oh, okay. electronic stand uh, hitting samples. I don't know what they do. Bobbing their head. They're just DJs. Mm-hmm. They could do um, Bill Tess Excellent or Bogus Journey Part 2 where they get molested in Hollywood. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting. What would it be called? What would we call this one, you think? They, they should use triumphant because that's a, a word they would like to use throughout the series. So Bill, Bill and Ted's most triumphant return. Yeah, Bill and Ted's triumphant they return. Have, they're going to have like a, a studio exec who's like, you know, saying like, Ted, you, you got to fucking suck my dick to get this role. And <laughs> Ted's just like, bogus you know and he just fucking gets on his knees you know? or suck his dick to get a record deal since they're <laughs> he the, the the dick the dick comes too early in his face and catches him by surprise and he goes whoa <laughs> <laughs> fucking messy honey glaze i think yeah i want to see it done but i want to I, I hope they go with you know how part two was just like an effect show yeah, it's a bummer though about George Carlin being dead and not being able to be a part of it. Oh man, mm-hmm. no, they'll CGI him in, man. They'll CGI him in. I guess they could, man. Like Grandma Tarkin, yeah. <laughs> Why is his name Grandma? Look at that chick. Oh. I'm not gonna dignify that when they answer. Yeah. Oh. I, you know what's funny too is I'm only half joking because I, I really, I'm assuming his name's probably Grand. Something, but yeah. Every time someone says where, it, I where think. Where did the grandma. penguin? Where did the penguin get that little toy fucking Batmobile? So ridiculous. <laughs> it's yeah, it's pretty dumb. How did Batman thrust his fist through a little monitor like that? I think it'd be hard, man. I, I'd break my hand. I don't know about you. He's Batman, though. He's but this is kind of like Batman. This is he's got a tool for everything. This is kind of like the sixties Batman. He had uh, yeah. An answer for this everything. Is, uh yeah, what? they're very uh, situational specific things that these that his Batmobile can do, you know, like yeah. it turned into a big dick. It turned into a fucking big dildo. Yeah, it's like it's like him and Alfred sat around just thinking of every possible scenario ever. I can't even imagine that being possible. How could you put something out of the, the the bottom of the car that has enough like you know shit pushing down to to lift the car itself. You know about shit pushing, all right? I don't know why are we talking about this. It just ha- he's Batman, man. <laughs> why did why did Adam West have a penguin away spray? Didn't he have penguin away spray in his utility belt? He had everything in his utility belt. I think he had, he had like shark spray or I don't know. He yeah, had he had some dumb shit. He had some dumb shit too. This game, I wanted to say. Has it's very rare that a video game has a good movie tie-in adaptation. It never happens. But Batman Returns is the second best beat 'em up on the Super Nintendo, next to Turtles in Time. Uh, but it's a fantastic game. Konami did an excellent job. Uh, have you played it, Zach? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so it's harder than shit too. Have you played it, uh, Josh? Yeah, I played it a little bit. Um, I definitely enjoyed the first Batman. I mean, it was. It was a side scroller, you know, really one. basic shit, yeah. but it was fun. The little NES one was Batman fun. Shit running around. But in the, yeah. in the and then Batman Returns back in those days, you know, when you had all the different rival consoles, they had different versions yeah, of remember, the same game. Remember the Batman Forever that was like a fucking Mortal Horrible. Kombat clone? Horrible. 
That game is garbage, man. Just like the movie. It deserved to be that bad. But what about that? I don't hate that movie. I do. I think it's fucking trash. I always, I, think it's like, I always remember that scene where fucking he's doing the, the he's crying after he kills his boss. Oh, uh, 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 uh. yeah, he sounded he sounded like me on Deep End, dude. It's just a joke. I I hate. I don't like it. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not as bad as Batman and Robin, but that's not. I'm not trying to give it a compliment when I say that. It's just that they made a bad movie and they somehow topped it and made a fucking worse movie. Mm-hmm. So I mean, can I? Wa- is Batman Forever watchable? Yes. Do I want to watch it? I do not. Batman and Robin is not watchable. I watched Batman and Robin in the theaters and I liked it. Dude, I was gonna a drop kid, the though. fat beat, dude. Alfred's gonna Alfred's gonna spin that shit. Hell yeah. He is. He's gonna have a disc. Walk, 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 walk. Or maybe uh I can only watch uh Batman the uh, Batman and Robin movie unless I can watch it if there's like a commentary track making fun of the movie. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like no, hell no. We should it's, do it's one. pretty bad. No, I would totally do a commentary of Batman and Robin. It'd be great. But the only way to watch Batman and Robin is just like a YouTube condensed version where they just edit all the funny Arnold quotes and stuff together. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not a movie. It's just a... Take two of these and call, call me in the me morning. morning. <laughs> so bad. Alfred, man. The movie that ended the franchise. Michael. It probably killed Michael Goff. It's probably what fucking sent him to his grave. <laughs> I can't believe, like, if not, if he was not in that damn movie and Pat Hingle as well, then they could easily say they weren't canon. But then you have Pat Hingle show up and then you have fucking, uh, fucking Michael Goff playing the same role. It just throws you out of whack because those movies should not even be connected. They're so, I don't know, like to connect Batman and Robin with this movie is ridiculous. I never thought of him as. See, Batman and Robin's transcended into like that space of like so bad it's good in a way it's like it's a great movie it's a fun movie to watch with friends and like just totally shit on the whole time you know it's like you're glad it exists because it's a fucking laugh you know what i mean but other than that if you, you can't take it seriously at all it's you know the performances are absolutely terrible you know i mean even fucking what george clooney says he like wishes he hadn't done the movie i mean uma thurman he, who's fucking fantastic do, sucks in that he movie. regretted doing the movie when they were promoting the movie when they were on the tour promoting it <laughs> yeah. it was so watch those interviews he does and he is so miserable talking about the movie and he admits the movie's trash during these interviews and it's so great have you seen the interview where he throws arnold, arnold under the bus no. somebody's interviewing about the movie and he starts you know, saying shit about the movie and the interviewer's like, well, we spoke with Arnold earlier and he loves him. He's like, yeah, of course Arnold said that. Arnold's fake. You know, what a dick. You you gotta shit talk Arnold, baby. Arnold, Arnold was doing his job. (laughs) He's paid to promote the movie. He's a salesman from hell. I tell you what. He's a consonant fucking professional. He's a PR guy all the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a a politician. Is he not? It's just, it's, yeah, hundred percent. So you can't get mad at Arnold for doing his job, but oh, dude, I saw. I'll never forget when he was on. He was doing the press rounds for Batman and Robin. He was on Jay Leno, and Arnold he was or- really he was really hyping up Mister Freeze in that movie. He was literally getting into it, getting all kid like, and he was saying, uh, t- uh, "Mister Freeze, he makes Terminator look like a babysitter." <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what he said. He's like, a babysitter. He's got the I'm- rock'em, jock'em, rock'em, sock'em, uh, freeze gun, you know? <laughs> Your booster. Yeah. Let's be honest, though. I mean, Freeze is the best part of that movie, though. I mean, yeah, he is the best part of the movie. I, just, just because of the absurdity of the whole thing, you know, it's just, I, I love that. I love the, I would, I would rather live in a world with an Arnold Mr. Freeze than without an Arnold Mr. Freeze. You know what I mean? I always wondered how he got his teeth to have that blue light in it, and I wanted to do that <laughs> shit. Like, did, did he just, like, get a retainer that had a nightlight on it or something? <laughs> That's so funny. They sell those things. Do they? I've seen them in other... People have done them in other, like, stuff. There's a Rammstein video where they all had those things in their mouth, uh, too. But, yeah, I don't know. It's absolutely, I love this fat clown, man. He gets fucking killed because he has a heart. He's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, killing sleeping children. Isn't that a little... No, it's a lot. <laughs> I love it. It's coming right now. Man, there are a couple of chicks in his little posse. There's like at least three. Uh, and you would think count. you would think he'd be the kind of guy to kind of hot them. like fucking goth chicks. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna kill the John Candy clown. Look at him; he looks like John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> when they show his face up front, man, you just feel bad for the guy. You can't imagine this guy breaking a single law. Look at him, John Candy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> kill him. I think that's the third, the long lost third uh, ICP member, Greasy. <laughs> don't you think like why is penguin so horny if he's the leader of this group don't you think he's the kind of guy that would have forced himself on some of these women down there oh of course yeah he he, he seems scummy yeah look at alfred standing on that animated cliff it was like drawn <laughs> look 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 bruce wayne put together the batmobile again he obviously had spare parts and he put that fucking thing back together by himself Maybe he had a second one. How does he have time to do this? You know, he's got to be at the beck and call whenever. And he's just got, okay, I'll put together this whole fucking car. That's the kind of shit that should take a week. Yeah. He's also got a back gadget that just fixes his car for him really quick. I like, do you think he has a bat dildo? Do you think he has something (laughs) for those things, those needs? That would be awesome. The bat butt plug? The bat plug? Yeah. (laughs) I like this scene a lot, dude, when the penguin fucking crashes the party and blows it literally and he comes out with that duck i think it's great it's gonna turn into an eyes wide shut situation (laughs) dude i hope man then that uh that penguin clit tickler will come in handy yeah why is there a hand hanging out of that one headdress over there that was weird you know that he's fucking uh, he's appropriating native american culture yeah, I mean, what kind of like <laughs> Halloween party is this where you still it's a suit and tie affair, but you can just wear a mask. It's just a masquerade. They're doing the they're doing that shit, man. I would I always want to go to like a cool posh masquerade party like that, you know? It'd be kind of fun. It looks like a furry party. It does look like <laughs> a fucking eyes wide shot. <laughs> yeah, it's a little absurd, but uh She looked good here, baby. Yeah, she does. Dick's out for Pfeiffer. I really yeah, like this, this song. This song's in the soundtrack, too. I really like it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And this is like probably some of the best Selena Kyle stuff in the movie, if you ask me. All the other stuff is really not the best, but I think this is a good scene, you know. And I think they actually, uh, from what I heard, like kind of drew on their past relationship to make this work. Yeah. You know, because they dated for a while or something. And Yeah, you know. the moment when they discover who they are. 
each other and mm-hmm. it's great and she just kind of cries and she you, yeah, she she's, some, she's a good actor you can see the confliction in her eyes yeah there's some real chemistry here it's it's cool yeah yeah well they she's fucking hot as fuck though. yeah it's like it, it almost does beg for more exploring of selena kyle's character but they were gonna they were gonna give her her own movie mm-hmm that's another tidbit. They were going to give her own movie. Oh, they did, baby. You didn't see the one with... Uh, that's it? what it turned into, <laughs> that fucking Halle Berry abortion. Halle Berry. They were going to give her own movie, and of course, through all the Tim Burton, Warner Brother fallout, that got dropped too, and then Halle Berry ended up getting it, and I've never seen it. I do not. I just... I saw the trailer where she said, my bad, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> did, did she? Yeah, they could have thrown, Mar- thrown Marlon Wayne's Robin in that movie. Yeah, that would have fit way more, right? <laughs> Well, no, there, fuck that. Put Keenan Ivory Wayans in it. There, there was also they should have made a fucking Blank Man movie. Was J5! That, that Wayans brother showed up. Yeah, they could Damon Wayans. Talk about fucking Marvel expanded universes. They should have just been doing this shit all all along. Dude, that's all the Wayans have done their whole careers of Wayans expanded universe. <laughs> they they invented it. Yeah, pretty much. They they pretty much give each other work, man. Keenan Ivory Wayans, he's the Iron Man, obviously. He started it all. <laughs> and then they could have brought in uh, Johnny Five to, to be friends with J5 on Blank Man 2. Yeah, total crossover, man. Actually, uh, I'm going to get you, sucker, would be a great Revival House commentary pick. Yeah, I've seen that a couple times. Here's the scene, the, the, the mistletoe. It comes back full circle, and it's perfect the way they do it. And I love this when he takes a step back and they look at each other right here. And I've always wondered what would happen if they were able to make it outside and talk. Because he says, let's go outside, you know? Because yeah. she says, oh, my God, does this mean we have to start fighting? And he says, let's go outside, and the penguin's going to fucking interrupt the party. And that's the last they get to see of each other. Because the next time you see Catwoman is when <clears> she's <throat> down in the fucking sewers and all fucked up. But uh, I've yeah. often wondered what would happen if they got to go outside and just talk, you know? Yeah, it's the only time you really get invested in the characters in this movie. I mean... And now it's over, right? Yeah. And- it do- It seems like they always got to... The, they're like, oh yeah, we got to put more villains in there. It has to be studio interference wanting... Yeah, like... Yeah, we want want to sell more fucking toys and shit. And then you just you have so mm. little time with characters. If if Selena Kyle would have went outside and, and her and Bruce Wayne could have talked it out, knowing who they were, then we could have actually explored that relationship that him and Catwoman have, and her sort of hero antihero thing she has going on in the comics. You know, um, probably could have explored that a little bit more. But you know, whatever. Look at that fog machine, man! It's killer. <laughs> I love it, man. We're gonna see more Andrew Benarski gold here. Dad gold, save yourself. Dad gold. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like an idiot. Sounds like he's like from the Flintstones or something. <laughs> what if we listened to the real commentary on the DVD and they're like, "Yeah, this is Andrew Benarski. He kept uh, talking like that. I, we didn't tell him to. He, he just never stopped. I don't know what it, he was it, going. He's, for. He talks like he has an accent. I used to think the guy was like French or something, but I've seen him talk on face. He's American as apple pie. He's super redneck. So what is this fucking dialect he's putting on? That's a version of a character. That's his idea of a character. Yeah, Here guess. it is. What? Look. Imagine how many mass shootings you could pull off with that. Yeah. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, God. Are we... We're going to start talking about mass shootings now. What's not? No, Let's it's, not and say we did. That'll probably get cut <laughs> out. <laughs> no, no. It's 
horrible, man. Horrible. You know, by the time this comes out, there'll probably be another one, and that'll be, like, really insensitive. Oh. You got a point. I'll let the little prince live for now. Yeah, so they were supposed to originally uh, bring Annette Benning in for the Catwoman role. I guess she got pregnant and couldn't do it. Yeah, that's another situation. She got pregnant and couldn't do the fucking movie. Now, did, um, she, did she go on Phil Donahue? No. No. She, <laughs> she's, a, she's a pretty attractive older woman. I bet you she looked good back then. I don't really recall what she looked oh, like. She was, I mean, I think Annette Benning was pretty fucking hot back in her in the 80s and shit, you know, and like... It's, it's, you know, I mean, she's aged not very well. I mean, not that most people do, but... Uh, I'm not I'm not sure who she is. What she what was she in? Uh, president's... What's that fucking President's Wife movie? Uh, she's, mm-hmm. she's, My date she's with the President's of... daughter with, with uh, the fucking Will guy from Boy Meets World? Fucking Wilford L? <laughs> yeah, that was a Disney Channel original movie. <clears throat> I think her biggest role is probably... Uh, um, um, Oh, shit. What's it called, man? American Beauty. American right? Beauty. Like she played Spacey. Kevin Spacey's wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Also starring Scott Bakula, the great, as the gay neighbor. Yeah, they have this thing with what? Scott Bakula for some reason. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Got a big long thing for Scott Bakula. A full big seven inches long. Raging. Yeah, the the uh, the Dawn of the Dead commentary hasn't been released yet, but yeah, you'll hear how far, how deep this fucking obsession goes. <laughs> it's pretty sick, um, but I don't want to be cured. Let's say that. <laughs> but me and River bond over it. I really hope that Dawn of the Dead, man. I hope I can't wait for that to come out. And I'm so stoked that we can at least use the backup for River's recording because it's not one that we can redo because we started telling a lot of very unique stories. Uh, yeah. between me and River because we bond over that movie and it just we couldn't do it again and if we did it'd have to be like five years after we forgot mm-hmm. guys next time we do one of these crossovers we need to get uh, Riverman on too because it'd be fun to uh, interact with uh, mm-hmm. the famous the famous famous Riverman who's one of the originals nope. for sure I yeah. know he's one of the originals and uh, he's he's a rarity man you gotta you gotta set that shit up man or you can come he's, on our show if you want he's to. been uh he's been doing every friday lately which is great and he he was gone for a long yeah. time and he's been coming back on friday because we record on fridays and then sundays typically and he's been coming on fridays and it's 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 been keeping it fresh for me because i love it man i love recording knowing mm-hmm. we got Riverman, a threesome and then i honestly love it on sundays we can do a different type of movie and it's just me and you uh, there's two different dynamics there when it's mm-hmm. three of us and it's just me and you and uh, for Zach, I mean, I think it's great. And I hope he kind of keeps that consistency. But, you know, with four people, sometimes it can get a little muddy. So, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Well, especially when you when you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, chemistry. I'm, well, not, I'm not going to say chemistry, but you haven't really, you know. Say, like, when me and Matt and you guys get together, we haven't really had a lot of time to get to develop any kind of, like, real chemistry together. It's a little mm-hmm. different. But you see you, Riverman, and Zach already have an established thing that flows I think it would well, work, yeah. So. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And I know when to keep my fucking yapper shut when River's there. And if you were there, you know, I, I know when to sort of lay back a little bit. Um, so, and sometimes I get so used to doing it with just Zach that, you know, we have to kind of go, 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 go. But then when Riverman comes on, yeah. okay, I can lay back. And if it's a movie River likes, like when you do see Dawn of the Dead, this is his all-time favorite movie. And I love it, too. And it's kind of yeah. how we bonded and met. I let him kind of run with this. Like, all right, man, this is your movie. Let's, I'm going to let you go a little bit. It's like so. me now, because 
because you guys are making this really easy to do this commentary because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to talk about because I haven't seen this. I saw this movie once and it was a couple years ago. I love ago. that little kick. Sorry. So yeah. You, the once. one thing I've realized about doing these, you know, these podcasts and stuff is like it never ends up being what you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I just always throw the preconceived notions out the window and just ro- let it roll organically, you know, like, yeah, it'll just be what it'll be. The, the conversation will come to us, you know. Mm-hmm. So the penguin, obviously he never washes that onesie because it's filthy. How come there's not fucking shit streaks in it? He's not wearing underwear because <laughs> you can literally see it riding up his ass. He's not wearing underwear. You'd think there'd be cum stains, fucking shit streaks, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I mean, he washes them. How hard is it to take that thing off to take a shit? I don't think he even takes a shit. I, <laughs> seriously, does somebody help him? Does one of the ladies like unzip him? I want to see what it looks like naked. What's his penis like? Just look a like? bunch of black shit, just diarrhea, just runs down his leg or something. And D- does that does that black shit he barfs up come out of his dick too? <laughs> Doesn't he get naked in the movie? No. Don't we see his like naked back or something? I think you're thinking of Beldar Conehead or something. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Oh, dude, this seems like the opening of uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it is. That is, yeah, it's funny. That is. This is so weird, man. He's got these smart ass penguins. See, he doesn't need to live a life uh, as a recluse. He could be making so much money at SeaWorld with these fucking trained ass penguins. Mm hmm. They just, he's a master. They look pissed. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah, like, so when they saw the penguin as a baby and they were just disgusted to the point where they had to murder him, I, I've always wanted to see what the baby penguin looks like. I think it's great they don't show us. But was it just the nose and his deformities on his fingers being stuck together like a penguin and he's got the flipper? I want, what does he, what does his dick look like? Because he's wearing a very re- revealing one piece and we don't see anything. Is he missing a dick? Yeah, maybe he's got one of those little dicks, and then once he got fat, it just kind of, you know, hit it. Yeah. I just imagine it kind of looks like uh, like a dog dick, you know? It just comes out like a little lipstick. Oh, oh that'd okay. be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually like a Chinese person. <laughs> I've told you that it story. Didn't look like, it, it didn't look like it like that in Splatman, though. Oh, the uh, yeah, the porno Batman Returns porno spoof that they made back in the nineties. And he's got a little, he's got a little jizz emblem on his chest. It's like a little splurt. <laughs> yeah, did that splurge. have uh, like Catwoman in it? Yeah, it did. She's on the cover, I think. Oh yeah, I think it had a little. It had a maybe Batgirl was in it. I don't know. It's it looks like it was shot on a fucking VHS camcorder. <laughs> like it's it's bad, all the dude. money went into the cover photo. Yeah. The entire budget. Probably. That should be the thumbnail, too. We should just use the thumbnail of that movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I came across the, the the box art for that, and so me and my girlfriend looked it up, and we watched it. Well, we watched parts of it. We didn't watch the whole thing, but... Well, that, who watched you didn't make it that far because it turned you on. Like, is this doing it for you? It's like an hour and 12 minutes, and it's fucking horrible, dude. They actually tr- that like bring in elements of the original 60s Batman into it with the sound effects and shit. <laughs> you know, like the... Yeah. And, Does uh, somebody shoot a load and then it says splat real big on the screen? Probably. <laughs> basically, yeah. That's basically what it is. It's just... It's terrible. It's... I, the bat suit's not bad. They, they must have got a decent replica for that, but uh, everything else is just horse shit. And it's uh, the only version I've ever been able to find of it is in like uh, French dubs. So it's all in. Oh God! You know. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's something to watch if you're, you know, 
so inclined to uh, see something bizarre. But, I want to uh, see Catwoman get fucked. You might be able to play with that cover <laughs> art, though, Zach, for the thumbnail. You might be able to do something with it. Yeah, I gotta at least put the splat emblem on the real Batman. That well. would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you guys? Do you guys want to hear? Do you guys want to hear a little bit of the movie Splatman? Go ahead. Uh, I got, sure. I got it queued up here. Yes, I know you guys want to hear this. Come on, hang on. Is One it, second. <laughs> is it like the moaning stuff that's going to get us in trouble, or is it just like the dialogue? Yeah. But Zach can cut it out. It's, it's it's nothing too explicit. Okay, just All right. listen. All right. Did you play it? <laughs> I love that man. You're just this is a great line. You're just jet you're just jealous because I'm a genuine freak and you have to wear a mask. <laughs> That's a great line. Did you guys get any of that or was that just a total waste of time? Dude, we heard nothing. It was too quiet. I'll have to I'll have to add it in later. Yeah, I sent him an audio by it. We were kind of talking <laughs> and stuff, so it's all good. Maybe with fate. Maybe when you send it to Zach, it's gonna be really fucking disgusting. Like, yeah, it's probably better off that we didn't. Have I don't know this. if it's disgusting. It's going <laughs> in, man. My babies! No! This is great. These are his babies. Yeah, there's always this, a scene like this. I love it, man. I love in the video game when you're just Batman beating the shit out of the penguin. Punch mm -hmm. him in the face because Batman never does that. Oh, he does it right there. My bad. I don't think He's... I ever beat the game. It's tough. It is hard. It's hard as shit. Even on easy mode, it's hard as shit. I beat it one time, and I've never, never come close again. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. It's gonna fall. This I don't. You, this is a great third act. You gotta admit, man. It's a good third act. I mm -hmm. would even say it's a stronger third act than the bell tower, you know, and Joe. I don't know. That's a pretty cool one, too. Him climbing the bell tower. Mm, better than? No, no way. But it's good. It definitely brings the movie home. I mean, I think it gives you some. The bell to tower watch, is very know? climactic just because of what it is. Him climbing the tower, uh, him fighting the Joker. It's pretty cool, but this one's a lot bigger, man. They There's a lot to this one. Dude, in my opinion, Jack Nicholson is the best part of this whole franchise. They're really bad. So shit. that's like, where I'm going to agree with you. Nothing tops it. You know what I mean? While while there's so much about this movie, I think is over the first one. The score, uh, this the vibe, everything. It, n in no way is the Penguin or Catwoman more iconic than Jack Nicholson's Joker. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jack Nicholson's Joker is the the villain. Don't get me wrong. Michelle Pfeiffer ain't too far, though, man. She's pretty iconic in this role. She's the most remembered part about this movie. Mm -hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, yeah, she's fantastic. You know, p even people that dog on this movie, it's it, people still remember this fondly. A very big ball of string. Blood, Max. 
Now's not the time to be a smartass fucking Max Shrek. As we've been a smartass. I think this movie would have been great, though, if the third act was just him fucking her. My blood I gave <laughs> at the office. And then, Jack, and, just make a fan edit with this and Splatman, and yeah, you're good to go. And Max Shrek watches and jacks off. How did the uh, <laughs> how did the hook holding him up on that pulley just disappear when he jumped down? It was gone because he was like hanging on that thing. And then we see fucking the, the you know the the Vito's cock. I think this movie though, I think this movie's perfect, <laughs> right? This is back in the day when these comic book movies were about two hours, you know, maybe five minutes over, but around two hours. Nowadays, man, with these movies like Justice League and all this stuff, they're all going like two and a half hours. Even the Nolan Batmans, mm-hmm. they're too long. They they really are. Just to make a point real quick, uh, they mandated, the Warner Brothers studio mandated that Justice League be uh, two hours and not over, so it's actually... Oh, I take it back. I take it back. So you're right. So before yeah. before that, the movies like Batman. But, you v- know, Donna Donna Justice definitely was you know two and a half or something, way too yeah. long. So I take it back. Batman v Superman, and all that stuff. Those were like two and a half hours. And then you're right. They did that. They mandated that for uh, Justice League. But that blows me away because I think the movie's like oh, it's it's like 15 minutes shy of two hours. It's like if you're gonna go big. You know, if there's any one of your movies that you need to be over two hours, I guess it's the Justice League. Because it's, it's just so funny that they that one's so much shorter than Batman v Superman. You got like a million characters in it. It's funny, though, because, yeah, it's like everything's going over two hours. Like, just shitty comedies. It's like, I, I'm fine with long movies, but they don't all got to be over two hours, guys. Uh, there's something beautiful about a movie that's like an hour and 20 minutes. That's just a slapstick movie, and it's totally your Absolutely. mind at the door. I love yeah, I it. I totally agree. They they make them rewatchable. Sometimes a long movie, as good as it is, I can't watch Casino all the time. I love Casino, but that's a long ass movie, man. I can't just watch Casino any old time. I have to be in the mood for it. I can stop at Wayne's World on TV any fucking day and be like, ah, it's Wayne's World. All right, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Hour and thirty minutes of my time. Movies like that move fast. That's why you know comedies move fast. Hey, Zach, they have Dumb and Dumber 2 on sale on Blu-ray uh, at Best Buy for four ninety nine. I saw that uh, Get Out is the same price on Amazon. Yeah, that's four ninety nine too. I'd buy I'd buy Get Out. I kind of want to buy a copy of it. Um, they don't have the slip covers, though, son of a bitch. I was thinking about getting uh, Billy Madison. It's like five bucks. Is it? Yeah, on Blu-ray. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch that. That's another movie. That's like a Wayne's World. Just put in Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore's better though. That's my that's my favorite uh, Sandler movie by far. I like Happy Gilmore a little bit better. There, there. It's it's about those two movies. I think Happy Gilmore gets the slight edge for me. I'd put Billy Madison yeah. a little higher, probably. But I remember when they did came you, out, they were almost like the same movie. It was almost like a sequel. Did you see? That uh, Christopher McDonald was in the news because he got pulled over for a DUI and he was trying to use the Shooter McGavin card to get out. I was Shooter McGavin. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, it was on the news, man. It was all over the place. Look it up. He tried to fucking pull. I was Shooter McGavin thing. It didn't work. He still got a ticket. (laughs) Was that the only movie he ever did? No, he was in a slew of movies during that era, but that's the movie he's known for. Trust me. Yeah. 
But it's so funny. He tried pulling the I'm Shooter McGavin thing. You think like, the guy that got the nail on the head ever tried that? Mr. Larson? He also played Jaws, though, in the yeah, Bond movies. Moonraker right, yeah. and whatever. I I saw him, dude. I actually saw him at a convention, and he looked bad. He actually died like a, a month after I saw him at this convention. He looked in bad shape. Yeah. He could barely talk, and he was huge, man. His His hands, I mean, he obviously had that, like, giant disease that disease um that made you like really big gave you the big hands the big head and they just didn't stop growing his hands were bigger than my fucking skull man nice i wonder how big his cock was probably a fucking monstrous hog dude i was thinking the same thing. imagine if he had a normal size cock and he had such big hands that it made it look even smaller i love the score here in this queue this is great i love what he says I feel bad for the penguin. <laughs> he got throat. He got throat <laughs> fucked, dude. Too hard. He ate the the Nilbog food. Look at his ass. You're gonna see his ass, his station ass, when he slams on the ground. This is a great scene. <laughs> Look, station ass. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a dummy, shot. dude. <laughs> that shot's awesome. And I love how the penguins are dragging them into the water grave. They're pallbearers. Isn't that great? But they're not even touching them. It's so funny. These penguins are... And they're totally like people in costumes or like... Yeah, these ones are for sure. Totally the wrong size, dude. Look at them. (laughs) These ones are like midgets. Yeah. It's so funny. But yeah, look. Watch. Yeah, look how fucking huge they are. They're almost as big as the penguin. They're big as Danny DeVito. But watch. Look. They're they're huge. They're not even touching them. Those are like the kind, the species that were his parents, or probably. Look! Look at their feet! Look at the little fake feet, <laughs> socks. <laughs> that that's great. Look at that! They're like the they're like the Happy Gilmore penguin. <laughs> you, yeah. No, Billy Madison. Billy I Madison. get him fucking mixed up. Is but that, that literally is again. when he sucks the fucking beak. Uh. <laughs> I, I want to see one of them wave. Wave. Goodbye. <laughs> That's creepy. I thought that was always a creepy image of his dead face fucking just drowning. That's, to me, that's a really dark image. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know. Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. He goes, Merry Christmas, Alfred. He goes, Mer-. doesn't he say Merry Christmas, Alfred? Merry Christmas, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just saying Merry Christmas to me, to 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 us. I think he was. Albert, stop the car. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying it because it's ironic that it's just a very yeah Christmassy movie with all this like sex, death, and gore and gothicness in it. That's my kind of Christmas movie. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> is depressing, man. It's pretty dark. A lot of bad shit goes down on Christmas. Yeah, it's like I, I've heard that's the. Suicide, yeah, uh, desperation, huge. robberies. I mean, it's just a lot of bad things. Merry Christmas, Mr. Wayne. Yeah, they really did set it up. It's kind of a bummer because they really did set it up like the Catman woman would return because to date, she was the only villain that didn't die. And I don't know, it's just kind of criminal because... I'm sorry. I know, Zach, you said you didn't feel like they were canon, like Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. But the fact that they have Pat Hingle and Michael Goff 
Josh, do you th- would you consider all four of these movies canon because those characters, or would you say they're not? Would I consider the this the this franchise to be canon? Well, the the Joel Schumacher and the Tim Burton ones. Because they, because Michael Goff is the same, and then Pat Hingle's in it. That's the only thing. If they recast Alfred and Commissioner Gordon, you could argue that they weren't canon all day long, and I would love to believe that. But the fact that they kept a couple of characters, it's almost like they threw the guy a bone. He's just like, yeah, you can come back as Alfred. Like, you can be at least the one consistent thing in these movies. Mm -hmm. So, does that not make him canon? No, not really. You don't think that connects him? Uh, yeah, I, I usually just hear people call them like people refer to them as two different ones. Like, you know, I the- don't. In my mind, I can easily separate them. I mean, like the 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 latter two do not affect these two at all for me. But mm-hmm. look at that fake ass Catwoman. It's kind of a cool shot, though. It's kind of a cool tack on shot. It's neat. Oh, I yeah. still fuck her, baby. I, I love this movie, and I know you said uh, you liked it when you were a kid, and you haven't watched it too much in your adult life. I've watched it so many times. I've got the steel book too, the Blu-ray steel book of it. It's really, really pretty to look at. It's nice. Yeah, man. To be honest, I mean, I like this movie fine, but I'm. It'll probably be another ten years till I reach for my copy of it to watch it. You know what I mean? Like eighty-nine Batman, yeah, but not this one. Probably wait another ten years to see it again. I kind of I kind of want to watch 89 Batman too. We should do when we do 89 Batman, maybe we should wait till after the holidays are over, but we should do all we should all do that one together too. That'd be cool. Yeah, sure, that'd be fun. Not that'd be fun. You know, that'd be a good one to do in the summertime, you know. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um yeah, so we remind us we'll all do that one together too. That one's got a lot of cool stuff to talk about also. We kind of already laid down a couple of the facts. Like, this the people that were up for Batman were is is crazy. But. Yeah, and I've actually seen that one more than once in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, we've all seen that one a million times. We can talk about the Robin Williams thing. We can talk about uh, the Mel Gibson, Alec Baldwin connections and all that fun stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff with that one. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's good. It's fun. <laughs> so I'm curious, though, uh, Zach, I guess if I asked you to rate this movie as somebody that's watched it once and you're pretty... You know, you came into it pretty, pretty bare. Comparing it to the first one, I guess that's probably how you could, you know, make your rating. How would you rate this movie? I, I remember when I watched it the first time, I, th- I I put it just as good as the first one, but that the first one's always more watchable. I think to me, it was easier to go back to and watch over and over again. Okay, so what is the first one, and then what is this one? Then, so I have something for scale here. Um. First one's definitely like at least seven, and then maybe this one's just under it. Okay, so like a seven and a six. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say the first one was a little higher than a seven. But, uh, but, but, I, but I understand. What do you, what do you think, Josh? What do you give the first one? What do you give this one? First one, eighty nine Batman. I'll say is a nine out of ten. This one is more like a, like a six and a half. Interesting. You know? yeah. I, see, I, I was gonna, I was gonna. Th- guess that Zach that at least deserved like a, an eight or a nine. It's up there. It probably would be. I just said at least a seven. Yeah. See, for me, I, I I think they're both nines. I mean, they really because it's. I'm not saying that the first one's an inferior movie. I'm just like gun to my head. Which one do I like better? I, when I was a kid, it used to change. 
I, I probably like the first one better, but just as I gotten older, I respect this one a lot. I don't know. It's like I said, it's ballsy. It's a ballsy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, absolutely. It's it's a real director's movie. It's a real hey, this is your baby, and this is when he was a young, dangerous director, and he did what he should have did. He 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 took a risk, and that's cool. He was kind of rebellious and rebellious to the to the extent where he lost the job for the sequel. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, yeah, one of the biggest redeeming things about this movie is the creative direction of it. The, the Tim Burton vision, making it so weird and crazy and taking risks with it and not really giving a fuck about the general audience too much mm-hmm. really gives it a lot of clout. I mean, you know, it's respectable. Yeah. I just don't really enjoy it as much as the first, so I'm not really going to go back to it to to watch. And- mm-hmm. I've watched them equally. I don't know, but. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, Batman 89 or Batman Returns. I'm pretty sure most people favor Batman 89. I mean, that's just the way it's always been. But do leave comments wherever it is that you get your pod fa- uh, pod fast. Pod fuck. I can't even talk. Your podcast. Yeah, uh, we could go ahead and let them know that we finally, uh, by the time this episode's up, we should be on Google Play officially. For sure. Google Play. So, oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, so obviously, if you guys are finding us on YouTube, it's not the perfect uh, format for podcast listening, but I know some people find us there. If you're on YouTube, God bless you. Subscribe us, share us. But also know we're on iTunes, now Google Play. I guess we're still on the Stitcher app. That's not going to change. And uh, leave feedback and ratings and all that stuff there. And we will try to address all of it. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, Josh James and the R rated horror commentary. Some great, uh, great stuff over there. I, I describe it as when I listen to your guys' show, it reminds me of, uh, of like a, a fanzine in audio form, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's neat. I like, I like the rawness of it. And I really loved the, the, the one you did with Zach too, the, the Friday three. That was a lot of fun as well. And of course, don't, um, don't, don't ignore our buddy Zach here and listen to Mac and Zach save the world. I'm not sure when you guys have a new episode. I think uh, Mac was blowing you guys up about doing a new episode, right? So I'm mm-hmm. um, looking forward to that. I like listening to you guys too. Um, and of course, we have a new one. It's The Deep End with moi, uh, Aaron Lipscomb. That one's brand spanking new. Um, we're still kind of feeling that one out to see uh, how we're going to format it and how often we're going to do them. But listen to that as well uh, under the revivalhouse.net. Uh, uh, moniker. You have anything course, else you want to pimp? Josh? Yeah, go ahead. What you got? Anything else to promote? Yeah, uh, me and uh, Wazel. You know, we keep it pretty simple. We just try to have a good time, and you know, we just try to tap into the the fandom because that's just what we are. We just want to do like a simple thing for people to maybe they want to go back and visit a movie or find something new. Like we just did last night. We recorded a commentary for Blood Rage, nineteen eighty seven. I really. Um, it's 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 definitely a horror fans fan movie, you know. It's just it's a weird movie, but it's fucking hilarious. We had a great time doing it last night. I mean, a lot of laughs to be had. We just try to uh, appeal to the horror crowd, but we do a little bit of Star Wars stuff. We're actually gonna do. We decide we're gonna do a commentary for the Force Awakens leading up to the new Star Wars movie, and you know, I mean, we're mainly a horror channel, but we're trying to you know change it up here and there and whatever. And it's just simple, good clean fun you know so if you haven't heard of us come over to our channel subscribe watch some of our videos and um just have a good time have some laughs you know blood rage is that a prequel to pms cop the full moon movie no 
It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, it's it's eighty seven. It was filmed in eighty three. Actually, released in eighty seven. So yeah, it's it's an old school uh, slasher. Flick. Yeah, I've seen that yeah. one. It's, it's it's been a while. It's a fun one, man. I feel you though. When you guys, you know, you feel like you got to step outside and try a different, do different things to shake it up. I mean, we're the same way. That's the whole idea behind uh, the Revival House building a podcast network. Because if I had to sit there and talk about a certain type of thing. Every week, I couldn't do it. I'd have, I, it would fall apart and we'd do it once a month and it would just lose consistency. So doing what we do where we do like these commentaries twice a week, me now doing the, the, the deep end podcast where that's more conversational and talking about different, more serious matters, you know, where I don't necessarily want to be a slapsticky asshole all the time. And then also where we can have something like, um, uh, fucking hobo with a, a hobo with a podcast where you can talk about exploitation shit, which isn't necessarily mm-hmm. my, that's not, that's never been my level of expertise, but Riverman is all about it. Zach, you're kind of like a guru of everything. I've, I'm convinced you've seen every movie ever made, but, uh, we, we got, and you know, you got Mac and Zach Save the World, which is slapstick, man. They'll do commentaries. They'll do drunken commentaries of three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain for fuck's sake. You know, <laughs> it's, it's great, man. There's no wall. So I want to establish that, that, uh, I want to establish this idea of the network and eventually, you know, I think it'll, I think it'll all make sense. And the website, I say it all the time, but the website is, uh, man, it might even be done. I actually got a sweet update today, Zach. I've been able to look at it. I think it's just missing a couple of tweaks, but I got to look at it, but be on the lookout for that as well. I think, uh, we're all exhausted of words now, so we're going to go and end it. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you guys next time. And as usual, leave, uh, comments for recommendations. It's the holidays. So keep that in mind. We're kind of trying to keep that going for the next six weeks. So adios, everybody. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers. Bye bye puppets. Everybody adios. in the original Batman cast. How dare you not even return the Catwoman's phone calls? I don't make phone calls very often. And after all, business is business. And doing good business means that you return your phone calls. It's a pretty simple formula, Timmy. How dare you treat the Catwoman so badly? Have I ever been anything except professional with you? Have I bad-mouthed you? Did I show up late for rehearsals or something? I even jumped up on a horse. Oh,
say it. That's and it's humanity. I was always having to top these. <laughs>